Where will rookies selected last weekend at the NFL Draft be taken in tonight's festivities? How many running backs will be off the board by round two? And how far will players coming off season-ending injuries like Le'Veon Bell, Kelvin Benjamin, Jamal Charles, and Jordy Nelson slide down boards? We are covering the first classic drafts of the season in the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the Genesis and Revelations Leagues. We'll have pick-by-pick coverage as well as interviews from the players themselves on a jam-packed episode. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to this extra special latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we are covering the Genesis and Revelations 150 Classic Satellite Leagues, the first redraft leagues of the year for the FFPC that are live on the show. You can also check out the live draft board at youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football. Uh, for any of you who are in the chat room right now on blogtalkradio.com, um, you, uh, you can, uh, I posted the link in there. You can just click on the link there. You don't have to type out all those characters. Why? Because I love you. So that is what's going on. I told, uh, well, first of all, I want to shout out to all the chat room. We got a big crowd already in the chat room tonight which is awesome you guys can post any questions you have in there you can connect with us on twitter at hsff hour at eric balkman at david gerzak facebook.com slash the high stakes fantasy football hour is where you can post uh, on our show link there uh, if you want to chime in and give us a call tonight 347-426-3682 that's 347 game over we're hoping to uh, hear from some of the players from the genesis and revelations drafts tonight as well so feel free to give us a buzz and uh we'll uh, we'll talk to them tonight the fedex inbox is high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com if you have any questions for us now is the time to get them to us our mutual friend and producer rob and audio engineer bryce will get those questions to us as they come in tonight on the show as we are covering both of these drafts live now uh, dave i said that whichever i think i said it on the show last week whichever league fills first we would cover first on the show. And I, I, this could be the first time ever. I can't remember if we did this last year or not, but we're covering Revelations first tonight. Yeah, maybe. So Revelations will be the, the uh, draft that we cover first uh, tonight. Just to give you uh, in, uh, a, uh, a rundown of the players, which I have here, I think. Yeah, Revelations right here. No, I got it. I made you a copy too. For those of you scoring at home? Yeah, for those, or even if you're alone. Uh, this is the Revelations lineup tonight. We have uh, drafting out of the first spot is Brian Holsgen from uh, the Dude Platinum franchise. 
Uh, Matt Schmader's Carolina Cowboys one will be selecting after that in the hey, two spot. Yeah. What are all these numbers? No, don't worry about that. That that's I knew you were going to ask me about that, and I knew it was going to be on the air too. But I'll tell you after the show. Don't worry about it. Zip codes. It just don't. Area don't codes. Yes, they're codes. area codes. Codes. They're area codes. Secret codes. All right. Anyway, uh, Rock Frost, Aloha, Rock Frost. He's picking in the third spot tonight with uh, Team First Swipe. What? Go ahead. No, what? Nothing. I, I don't I'll know talk to you about. off the air oh, later great. as well. You know, why don't we just not record the show? Pause the show. Pause the show. Let's e- talk. Everything, everything we talk <laughs> about is, uh, is on the show, uh, or is, is not recorded on the show. Woody Woodruff's Tennessee Rednecks picking at four. Biplob Mandel's House of Cards, of course, the famous House of Cards franchise that you heard uh, Bip talk about live on the show a few weeks ago. They're picking out of the five spot. Andrew Palermo's Follow the Evidence at the six spot tonight. Picking out of the seven hole is Iced Coffee. Owned by Vincent Staffolino. Mike Stadick's Straight Cash Homies is out of the eighth spot. Hudson Kern Reeves' Sudden Birth picking ninth. Kobe's Crew is uh, owned by Kevin Bassaker, and he is picking out of the 10 spot. The uh, Doughboys, owned by Peter St. Pierre, are 11th. And Zeb Cap rounding things out for the Revelations draft at 12. His team name, of course, Brown. <laughs> Just called Brown. Brown. Just Brown is the is the name of the team. Nice. So that is the Revelations lineup, Dave. A good a good group of great guys who like cool stuff. Yep. Is the is the Revelations draft. And while I've been talking, we're already through round one. Let's they've, uh. They've been drafting. They've been drafting. Let's uh let's take it through pick by pick. Um, because the first round obviously is the most important round of all twenty that we'll see tonight. They're all equally important. I disagree. I would say <laughs> that the first round is more important than the twentieth round. So, uh, Dude Platinum takes Antonio Brown, number one. No Kickers re- matter, Bob. No real surprise. Of course they matter. No real surprise that Brown is the 101 tonight, the top receiver on many players' boards on an elite offense that I think that when it comes down to it, we're going to be saying what might have been a few years down the road if they could have all got their ducks lined up in a row at the same time. If Bell would have been healthy at the same time as Big Ben, if Martavis Bryant wouldn't have been suspended at the time these guys were healthy, so frustrating. If the defense had been good. If the defense had been good. Well, you don't necessarily want the defense to be good. For, for football purposes. For football purposes, you do. For fantasy, you kind of don't. So Brown, the 101, no surprise there. Julio Jones, the second receiver off the board at the 102 to the Carolina Cowboys. And then Odell Beckham, uh, the 103 tonight to Rock Frost's first swipe. Receivers go off the board the first three picks. Let's talk about this 104. A little surprising to me. The darling of the... Uh, of the uh, FFPC championship round last year, the darling of the Arizona Cardinals playoff run, David Johnson, the 104, the first running back off the board. I am did not think that we would see him as the number one running back tonight. I didn't think he'd be going at the 104. I would uh, tend to agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, that, that pick is it's got a little bit of risk to it just because he only had, you know, a certain number of rushing yards last year. I think it was three or 400 uh, because he only started for such a short period of time. He was fantastic on a points-per-game basis. Uh, but I think if you look, you know, there's risk in a lot of spots in the first round at running back. But I think Todd Gurley would have been, would have been a little bit safer pick. But you have to give it to uh, the uh, Tennessee Rednecks' Woody Woodruff. He went out and he got his guy. Oh, God, here we go. Yeah, I'm telling you, two hours of this, baby. And you see, you can't fault, you can't fault the pick either. I mean, if you think that Johnson is going to be the guy, he's going to get a lot more reception opportunities than Gurley will. And uh, the Cardinals' offense is going to be better than the Rams. I mean, you know, with the rookie quarterback starting, it's just not going to be quite the same, even if you're in beautiful L.A. Well, I want to circle back to – because we saw 
five running backs go in the first round tonight. After the, we get done talking about the first round, I want to circle back and talk about that David Johnson pick a little bit more. But we'll, I, let's get to the rest of the first round go first. Go for it. Uh, Bip Lab Mandels take uh, House of Cards, take Rob Gronkowski, first tight end off the board. No surprise there, of course, in this tight end premium, point and a half per catch format for tight ends. Todd Gurley, the second running back off the board to follow the evidence, owned by Andrew Palermo. Le'Veon Bell, the third running back off the board to Ice Coffee at the 107. And then we get our fourth receiver off the board. Let's talk a, a little bit about this here. DeAndre Hopkins as the fourth receiver, the eighth overall pick to straight cash homies on an offense that should take a step forward this year. They got a lot of weapons uh, on offense. They add Osweiler, Will Fuller, Lamar Miller. Um, Jalen Strong is back for year two. And who's the uh, Braxton Miller is the other guy they added yeah, too, um, who, you know, is somebody that they are going to throw the ball to at certain points this year. Maybe. Um, are you worried at all with all this talent coming into Houston, taking away from the monster target load that DeAndre Hopkins saw last year? Yeah, I think he will actually lose some targets. He might be a little bit more efficient with them. And then you know, you're still the uncertainty of Osweiler. How is he going to do with Hopkins? I mean, imagine he'll do very well. I, I, I liked Osweiler actually. Uh, you like Osweiler in that offense? I like Osweiler in general. I think oh, really? Talented, okay. Talented quarterback. Really? Yeah, I hmm. liked him last year, didn't I? How, how much do you like him? I don't, re- <laughs> I don't really remember you liking him all that much last I'm year. A, I, may, I may be willing to trade for him. I don't have him. I'm, no. I'm just trying. Like, where do no, you I think he like finishes? Him. I, I like him in a number. Of, you obviously aren't listening to the podcast when uh, we're clear, talking. Clearly. Um, no, I liked him. I thought he was talented. I didn't, you know, I didn't really think that they should have benched him for Manning, but I mean, I, you know, it, that turned out okay. Yeah, it so. did. Yeah, seemed to work out. Seemed all right. According to the ring fingers <laughs> of the Denver Broncos from last year. Yeah, but I, um, thought, I thought he was doing fine for someone with, you know, hadn't played a whole lot. Is he a top 15 quarterback this year? I mean, does he finish as a top 15 quarterback? I don't know. Probably not. Okay. So you, don't, you can't like him that, all but, that I mean, much. I, you know, but still, I mean, you know, he's probably being ranked right now as like quarterback 23 or 24. Yeah, he'd, he'd be the... He'd, Even in keeper, keeper in dynasty, he's not ranked very high. Honestly, he'll probably be going in drafts this year where Carson Palmer was going last year. Yeah, that's the thing. He could be a guy as part of you draft three quarterbacks and hope one of them hits. He's one of those ones, ones that could hit. Yeah, he could hit. He's got to be... T- you know, if you're drafting Hopkins in the first round, you know, Osweiler had better be at least serviceable. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a wasted pick. Uh, next pick off the board, the rookie, Ezekiel Elliott, goes at the 109 to uh, sudden birth, and then Kobe's crew selects Allen Robinson at the 110. Rounding out the 11th round are Adrian Peterson to the Doughboys and Des Bryant to Brown. So that is your first round, Dave. We have five running backs go off the board. Now, here's the thing I wanted to talk about with David Johnson. So we say, okay, that's a little surprising. That may be a bit of a reach to take him at the 104. Let's compare him to these other running backs here that went after him in the, in the first round. Todd Gurley? Not playing on a very good offense this year. Correct. With a rookie quarterback. With a rookie quarterback. In a, in a whole new city. In a whole, well, I don't know how much that affects, but <laughs> Le'Veon. He's got to deal with the, the sunshine. The smog. Smog, yeah. yeah. Exactly. The Hollywood elite. Plus the traffic and getting to the stadium, it takes longer to get there because traffic on the 405 is terrible. Yeah, in order to get to the stadium for a Sunday afternoon game, he'll actually have to leave Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> which is insane to me, but hey, that's... Your jokes are so terrible. The breaks. I'm not joking. I'm <laughs> dead serious. Very good. Um, Le'Veon Bell is the running back that goes after him, coming off consecutive uh, season-ending knee injuries. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't even know. What we don't, is yeah. he running right now? I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. We, we don't know. Yeah. I don't think he is. There's, there's, I mean, I think there's more risk with Bell probably than any other first-round uh, running back. Maybe. And then we have both ends of the spectrum with the other two running backs. Ezekiel Elliott, fresh, raw. We don't... I mean, he could bust. Maybe he's awesome. We don't know. Uh, running uh, behind Dallas's offensive line with Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden. And then Adrian Peterson, 
old, decrepit, chiseled, godlike <laughs> Adrian Peterson. So, I, I mean, there's, there's warts on all those he, other running backs. He's the field on third downs, Adrian Peterson. Who's, who's the guy who's not injured on the prolific offense who's young and upcoming? Uh, Devonta Freeman, who got taken in the second round. You could make that case, but remember, Tevin Coleman might be gumming up the works there, according to the Atlanta Falcons. The number one running back in all of football last year. Goes in the second round. Yep. So let's get to the second round as it is uh, completed now. Uh, Brown uh, supplements his Des Bryant pick going uh, with another receiver, A.J. Green. Uh, Doughboys goes back-to-back running backs, Adrian Peterson, Devonta Freeman. Lamar Miller at the 203 to Kevin Bassaker, who I believe is drafting in Genesis and Revelations tonight yeah. at the same time. I, e- I emailed him. That's impressive. And he didn't email me back, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. But. He wants the extra exposure. He uh, wants to be known on you know, these, these high-stakes podcasts. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so he takes Lamar Miller at the 203. Alshon Jeffrey, the 204. And this uh, starts a second-round receiver run here, Dave. Yep. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, then Demarius Thomas. Uh, the 205 is – excuse me, the 206 is Mike uh, Evans. Keenan Allen – uh, right after him, and then Jordy Nelson going to Biplab Mandel at the 208. So five straight receivers in the meat of the second round. Jordy Nelson's real-life teammate, Eddie Lacy, is the next pick off the board at the 209. Jarvis Landry uh, going to uh, first swipe uh, Rock Frost team, uh, re- reuniting with his old uh, college teammate, Odell Beckham, uh, the LSU uh, um, Tigers there. Jamal Charles and Doug Martin complete the second round. So Four running backs go in the second round, Dave. Nine running backs off the board in the first two rounds. I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised at that. You think it's not very many, or that's a lot? I thought that that's a lot. I thought we'd see more receivers and any. I thought we'd see a couple of tight ends go in round two. To be quite honest with you. You know, I feel I think that's that's all right. I, 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 nine's good. Nine's fine. Chris Holland in the chat room. Ezekiel Elliott first round nuts. You know the thing about Elliott in the first round. Um, is you don't you don't know how he's going to do it. He still is a rookie. I know he's a pedigree guy, and he's yeah. supposed to be a great passing guy. But I mean, you have um, you have McFadden, and McFadden played well. So Elliott may only get like half the carries. And what if he you know what if he sucks? There was actually a really good article on Rotoviz by a Sean Siegel. Siegel. Yeah. Have called? we ever decided how we're going to pronounce? You know, that? Sean should come on the show and tell us how to pronounce. I would love to have him on. Yeah. So it's a, it, it talks about uh, how you should trade Ezekiel Elliott in the dynasty leagues because his value is probably. Not going to be much well, higher than it is now. Yeah. Look at how high his value is right now. If you own him in Dynasty or if you have the 101 in Dynasty, he's already being drafted with the 108, 109, you know. What's, uh, There's what, some compelling what's, what's the philosophy on, on, I don't know if you have a feeling on this, if you have the 101, would you take Elliott and then trade him or would you trade the 101? Um, I don't, I don't know that it matters a lot. I, that's what I'm asking. If the psychology of it is like you, you get to you're trading to, for the right to pick anybody. I think, or, I think I would. I think I'd be more apt to, to trade the one on one. I think I would too. Because then the person's like, ha ha, I'm taking Elliot. Yeah. Then that. you like, actually get to they, click on Elliot. Yeah, yeah. They're like sneaking. I'm the genius of, that yeah. picked Elliot. You know. He didn't realize that Elliot is the, is the guy to take. Yeah. So so we see. Uh, and I, I the other thing. Not yeah. Go ahead. Back to Elliot. I mean. This is this is something too. Like you look at Dallas. I mean, I think the entire team is on the decline. I mean, the offensive line is, is great, um, but you know the defense is it's not that good. I think Romo. I, if Romo makes it through a full season, I would be shocked. So once again, you have a backup quarterback going in there for some point in time. I think Romo is getting close to having to retire. Yeah. So I think that there's some risk actually. I I think there's some risk. Not with Elliott. I think he's a fine back, but I think there is a chance of a bust. I mean, you never know. There. Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown, all these guys that were 
top 10, top 15 running back picks. They do bust. Or maybe he remember a few years back when Mark. Trent Richardson. Yeah, Trent Richardson. When Mark Ingram was coming off the Heisman campaign. And, and he sucked for three years. He was the clear 101. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you want a running back, he was the lock to do everything. He was going to be the man. And he busted for three years. till. Yeah. Was it last year or the year before he finally got on track? Yeah, he was a high-end RB, too. So, I mean, yeah. so, you know, he did very well, and I think he's finally figured it out. And I don't know. I just there is, there is some risk at a rookie running back going quite that high. Um, so you will, you will not be taking Elliott in the first round you know, in, in your pr- drafts? Probably not. Your private league drafts, of course. Probably, probably not. Okay. Um, but, you know, I can see it. I can see the argument, though. I mean, um, but I probably won't do it. Sports uh, betting man, our friend Lance Turvis in the chat. I entered a PFF challenge, Sean Siegel, and he puts the pronunciation in yeah. there, Siegel. Well, if, if and, Lance... and Lance won it, oh, nice. that, that competition. So Nice. He beat the gull. <laughs> uh, so Lance Turvis? Turvis. <laughs> the first, first two rounds, Dave, yes. nine running backs, one tight end, ten receivers. I'm not, I'm not surprised to see that many receivers. Uh, I earned, excuse me, not 10 receivers. It doesn't have to 24, 14 receivers. Right not surprised to see 14 receivers go little surprised to see the nine running backs go. Let's talk about the third round. Cause there's some color in the third round. Yes. Here. Uh, Jordan Reed goes to dude platinum at the 301 Sec- second tight end off the board. Why do you love that pick so much? Cause there's a lot of injury risk for Jordan Reed. There is, but I mean, if you get past that, he is, a, you know, he's really an elite tight end. That is a big yes. Yeah. You know, Again, I, I'm not that. I'm not terribly worried about Jordan Reed getting hurt. I know it's a possibility. You just have to roll with it in that case. If you were drafting in a Football Guys Players Championship FFPC type tight end premium league, would Reed be a guy that you would look at selecting in the third round? Yeah, for sure. What about the second round? Yeah, late second. Late second, you would consider Reed. Here's okay. another thing. Okay, you know the the alcoholic GM for the Redskins. What's his name? Scott McLaughlin. Yep. Hopefully. Wrong. <laughs> Good luck, you know, you know, best luck in recovery. They just signed him to this big... Wait, 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 recovery? Well, well or continuing drinking. I, th- I think that he... I think he still drinks. I think, I think he does too, but I think he would also say he's recovered. Right. Or not. I don't know. I think he still drinks. It's fine. Good for him. But anyway, so it's, it's Jordan, Jordan Reed just got signed this week to an extension. So the team, the front office, is yeah. not too worried about the injury risk. So why should I, as a fantasy player, discount him because of the injury risk? They're paying him $30-some million, Bulky, so why should I not draft him? Well, you don't know what kind of draft the GM was drinking when he <laughs> offered that contract. Miller Genuine. Yeah, well, it, I don't, do they make MGD anymore? I know they make MGD 64. I don't they know if they make MGD anymore. That was good stuff. Uh, Brandon Cooks at the 302 to Carolina Cowboys. And uh, Rock Frost starting off with three straight receivers. Beckham, Landry, and Brandon Marshall at the 303. Uh, Woody Woodruff gets his first receiver in Amari Cooper at the 304. The third tight end goes off the board in Greg Olson at the 305. Honestly, thought Olson was going to go a little bit higher. And he goes to Bip, who already has Gronk. Yeah, so uh, Bip now has uh, Gronk and Olson and Jordy Nelson. What do you think of that? Well, let's not talk about starts yet. We're only three rounds into it. Sounds good, boy. It's an interesting start yeah. to, to have it that way. But two tight ends in the first three rounds. Somebody's got to do it. Might as well be the man. There's always someone. Sammy Watkins goes at the uh, 306 to follow the evidence. Uh, A couple of running backs go immediately after that. Iced Coffee selects Mark Ingram, and then Matt Forte goes to Straight Cash Homies. Uh, Both those teams now with, uh, excuse me, Iced Coffee, two running backs and a receiver. Straight Cash Homies, a couple of receivers and a running back. The fourth tight end off the board. Now, I think this is an interesting guy to talk about here. Delaney Walker to Kern Reeve, uh, sudden burst team at uh, the 309. 
It's interesting when you look at the Titans' offense this year, Dave, because yeah. they didn't have a whole lot of pieces there last year. They had Delaney Walker. They had a still-learning DGB, a still-hobbled Kendall Wright, and a still-sucky Justin Hunter. Did they even have Hunter on the team last year? I don't even know. Yeah, he had 150 yards or 200 yards. Yeah. He, he, in his career? He was out there for, you know, running around. He was before a, the yeah, jogging around. Yeah. And then the game started, and he was still running out there, yeah, jogging around. Jogging around. Um, okay, but now this year, they bring in DeMarco Murray. They bring in Derrick Henry. They hire Mike Malarkey, who wants to run a quote-unquote exotic smash mouth offense. If I owned a team, I would never hire someone named Malarkey. I just could not sign that paycheck. I, anyway, keep going. You know what's funny? I'm just going to bring this up. That's a bunch of Malarkey. I was listening to the All Purpose Roto podcast, and at like this is when the season ended, and, and Chris Mangan on that show said, there's a 0% chance that the Titans retain Mike Malarkey <laughs> as head coach. And I completely agreed with him. Like, yeah, there's no way. Right. And then what do the Titans do like a week later? Hire Mike Malarkey. Yeah. As, I could not believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just insane. Um, so, okay, so you look at the Titans' uh, offense this year. More of a concentration on the running game. Uh, DGB, another, uh, probably another step forward. Still Kendall Wright. Delaney Walker still there. I I, I don't know. I feel like if you draft him in the fourth round, you're sort of paying for his ceiling a little bit. Do you disagree? Well, that was the third round, actually. Or third round, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that, actually. Um, it, it, it's, it's tough for me to get excited about Delaney Walker in the third round. Having said that, you know, even like we said before, Doriel Green-Beckham, I don't think he breaks out in year two. I think year three is where he really? breaks out, okay. if, if at all. Because he was so raw coming into the NFL, so I still don't think he's going to become this elite number one. Kendall Wright's just not that great. So I, I think that Walker will get peppered with a ton of targets. It's just, it is, it's just tough for me to get excited about taking Delaney Walker in the third round, but it's probably a pretty good, it's probably a decent pick. But you don't think with the addition of Murray and Henry that they actually, I mean, they try to control the ball more and, and yeah, they'll try to, but you I mean, don't they think they're going to be very successful. They still have to throw the ball sometimes. I, I'm not saying that they never will. I'm, I'm just saying like, I feel like a lot of the times that they were passing last year to catch up in games Maybe they won't have to if they're controlling the game and keeping they're, it closer. They're still going to suck, right? I mean, what are you going to be like an 11 and 5 team now? They're going to be like 6 and 10. Well, not 11. But listen, you don't. I'm 6 and 10 is. They're going to be behind in all these second halves. They're going to suck like they always suck. And they're going to lose. And they're going to be throwing Delaney Walker in the fourth quarter. All right. All right. Do you, do you disagree? With uh, what, I, I guess I'm the, not confident enough either what, way. I what guess, do you think their Vegas over under is? It's I probably think like six and a half. Probably getting, that getting that could be accurate. I think what, I think, I'm the under. I think, we're so, <laughs> yeah, I think we're kind of saying the same thing here. I think you're just leaning more to the side of, of you know, Walker's still probably going to get his numbers. And I'm leaning more to the side. Of, eh, I don't know if he does. All right. You don't think he will? And that's fine. I I. I don't love the. I don't like making that pick, but I, I see it. It's fine. I think that's what that's what we're saying is we're both think it's a shaky pick in the it's, third it's round. It's not sexy. So, so but that sometimes that just wins you leagues. Julian Edelman at the three ten to Kobe's crew. Dion Lewis uh, to the Doughboys. Three straight running backs to start off Peter St. Pierre's draft at the three eleven, and Randall Cobb completing the third round to uh, Brown. Zeb Capstan <laughs> the three twelve. <laughs> What do you make of, of uh, Deion Lewis in the third round, Dave? Because he was flat out crushing it when he was healthy in New England last year. They did almost nothing to the running back uh, core of New England. I mean, right. they, they, they brought Blunt back. Yep. Um, they still have James White jogging around out there. Yeah, um, more of the same. The, so more of the same. That's a great pick then. It very well could be. I mean, that's a ton of Ton of receptions. Tons of receptions. I guess the concern I have with uh, with that is we don't know how healthy the knee is at this point. So you know, so this is this you know like Deion Lewis and Jordy Nelson. Those are legitimate concerns with me for me with injuries. Like Jordan Reed isn't coming off an injury. Guys that are coming off an injury, 
uh, you know, especially at this time of the preseason, that's there's a lot of risk for me in that. I can see Deion Lewis in that spot. No, you know, he'll probably move up to the early third round if, if he's looking good in preseason, even the late second. Oh, that, but I he's mean, getting a little. He's maybe getting a half round to a round discount on him just because he's. Still a little bit of an unknown. And that's why you draft early, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That's right. We're going to head to a break. That's the first three rounds of the Revelations draft. We're going to come back right after this. Not only with the fourth round, we're going to have our first guest come on right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It is the Revelations 150 Classic Satellite Draft live here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. Let's bring on our first guest tonight. Joining us from the Revelations draft, Go ahead, caller. I think I know who this is, but tell the tell the listeners who's calling us. Hey guys, this is Viplab. Viplab Mandel of the uh, House of Cards franchise drafting. It's the House of Tight Ends. The House, really, the House of Tight Ends uh, franchise uh, drafting out of the five spot tonight. And Bip, while while we were at break, you actually selected a third tight end. And this, you know, we Dave, we talked about this. There's always somebody who drafts two tight ends early. And then there's always somebody who drafts the three tight ends early. And whenever we do one of these drafts live, that guy always calls in to talk about it. And I love it. This is so fantastic. So, Bip Lab, tell us a little bit about your start here. First of all, what are you drinking? You must have been drinking for like three hours. Uh, no, I just had my evening tea and chatting on a few, few dynasty trades. Um, yeah, Bitline's great. Yeah, yeah. Having his tea. yeah, have tea, making some dynasty trades, and selecting tight ends like they're going out of style. Yeah, that's great. So, Biplab's yep. uh, start here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the fifth spot. Rob Gronkowski in the first, Jordy Nelson in the second, Greg Olson and Tyler Eifert in the uh, third and fourth rounds. So, that is three tight ends in the first four rounds, Biplab. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you were thinking by uh, snaring all those guys. Yep, you know, um, I always like drafting value. So originally I was not expecting Gronk to be around that pick and because he was there I picked him. Otherwise I would have taken DeAndre Hopkins there. Um, Olsen is always my favorite target uh, playing with a great uh, quarterback. I I think he's at his prime. He'll probably repeat it again this year. And then, you know, when it came to the fourth round, um, around that round, I have lots of receivers and uh, running backs in mind, but to me, they go through next two, three, four rounds. You know, I rank them pretty close to each other, and I noticed Eifert is still around, so I thought I'm going to pick him up and why leave him for some other team. So I've gone three solid tight end heavy. If if they are all healthy, I can play them every week and and get that 0.5 extra PPR. Um, and all three have good situations, even for Eifert, if he's healthy and with, you know, Marvin Jones gone, he, he should have a good season there. Um, so that that being said, now I need to concentrate on my running backs and receivers and uh, shape up a good team. Well, one of the receivers you already have on your roster, you mentioned health. Let's talk about Jordy Nelson uh, at, at the 208, uh, where you select him there. Uh, obviously, you're you're pretty convinced that he's going to come back and, and provide, you know, top 10 receiver value again, again right away, regardless of, of this injury. Uh, so, I mean, you're pretty confident in, in Nelson uh, getting back to 2014 levels. Yeah, I, I am. You know, at, uh, at this stage, you have to take some risks. Again, he fell to that position. Um, in some other uh, classics I've done, he's actually going at 112, 201 uh, type of uh, uh, pace. So, so that's why uh, I took him. I, I think 
you know, many receivers have returned from that injury and, and performed, so why not uh, Jordy Nelson? And playing with Rodgers and the way their offense sucked last year, I'm sure they'll figure out a way <laughs> to get right. the ball this year. He supposedly is looking good, actually, Balky. I was reading up on that this week. Yeah, I know. The, the reports yep. uh, for, for Jordy Nelson have been good. I, I will uh, definitely admit that. Uh, BipLab, you're actually coming up on a pick here right now. You, you talked about uh, stacking the running backs and receivers now that you have the three tight ends here. Uh, what, are, what, what are you thinking here for the, uh, the 505 uh, pick as you are now on the clock? Yep. Uh, I am going to pick Emmanuel Sanders over here. All right. That's one of Balky's boys. Yeah, it is one of Balky's boys. And, and uh, boy, you, you just missed Kobe Fleener. The <laughs> fantasy MVP goes, goes right before you. You could have had him as your fourth tight end, Bip Lab, but you, you will uh, settle for Sanders as a consolation prize. Hey, I, yep. I, I just want to ask you one question about Sanders before uh, we let you go and, and let you uh, start sending out dozens of trade offers in FFPC Dynasty Leagues. <laughs> but, Bip Lab, you talk about Sanders this year. They drafted Paxton Lynch. And they uh, they signed Mark Sanchez. It's it's certainly going to be some combination of those two guys this year. Are you concerned at all uh, that Sanders might suffer from being the number two guy in an offense that's going to be built around uh, the run game and a very a Super Bowl uh, level defense? Um, I I I am not. You know, I mean, for years we have seen uh, wide receivers survive in bad quarterback situations. Right, so that's point number one. Point number two, even last year, if you look at it, when Manning sucked, I mean, uh, you know, and 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 they were not playing well. Um, for some reason, Demarius Thomas was underperforming, and and Sanders was really doing well. I was actually surprised that you know Sanders played better than my expectation last year when their quarterback situation was not good. So I, I expect, you know, I mean, John Elway is a smart guy. I, I expect them to find a way to get DT and uh, Sanders uh, the football. I mean, who else do they have? I, I don't think their uh, tight end situation is also very good. So I, I don't, I, I, I would rather take them around later if, if DT and Sanders keep falling. BipLab Mandel uh, contacting the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. He's drafting from the fifth spot in Revelations. Bip, I know I said that was the last question, but we actually got a couple in the chat room. Uh, Lance Turvis, sports betting man, wants to know what kind of tea, how you prepared it, whether it was a teapot or microwave. And uh, <laughs> Brothers Mayhem wants to know if you're enjoying a cookie or biscuit with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I um, so, it, you know, my, my wife makes all this good Indian tea, but we boil the uh, leaf and and make it that way, not not the dip tea. You know, I hate those. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, different kinds of Indian biscuits. That's how I would put it. Oh, see, man, yep. how how the bipper rolls on a Friday. I love it. That's good stuff, Bip Lab. <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, calling in and uh, letting us know all about uh, your tea habits. And also, uh, thanks for explaining the three tight end start in the in the first four rounds. Good luck the rest of the way, man. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Take care, guys. All right, thanks, Biplab. Biplab Mandel. I believe you can follow him on uh, Twitter. I believe it's at underscore underscore the Rainmaker. Is that, was that what it was? I think so. I think that's what it was. Yo, you can, you can find him. Yeah, I know. Biplab's great. It's either Rainmaker or the Rainmaker. I'm not sure. If I think, yeah, I should have asked him. I'm such an idiot. Uh, okay. No one cares about Twitter except for you and Trump. I think there's other people that care about it besides me. Let's go to the fourth round, Dave. Uh, kicking things off, this is an interesting start. Uh, from the man who just said he's getting a buzz off the Mike's Hard Lemonade he's drinking, Zeb Cap from Team Brown. Some four straight receivers. 
to kick things off. T.Y. Right. Hilton's is number four. The zero RB theory in full effect. It's not a theory anymore, Balky. Des Bryant, A.J. Green, Randall Cobb, T.Y. Hilton at the 401. So Zeb Cap has four receivers to start things that's off. Right. That's a lot of production right there. Doughboys adds his first receiver, the pick later, the, the, the pick after that. Calvin Benjamin from the uh, NFC champion uh, Carolina Panthers as his number one receiver. A couple of running backs, LaShawn McCoy and Thomas Rawls go off the board. Let's talk about the Thomas Rawls pick. Uh, a little bit here. Yes. Kern, yes. Kern Reeve. Kern Reeve has got to be loving this because we keep talking about his picks. Um, Thomas Rawls, Marshawn Lynch retires. Rawls is like the de facto guy. But then Seattle drafts C.J. Procise in, I believe, the third round or was it the second? Third. Third round. Yep. They also add um, Alex Collins uh, as a UDFA. And I feel like they drafted somebody else late. I thought too. Collins was like a seventh round pick, but I could be wrong. Well, whatever. I mean, he was super late. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like they added somebody else. Now, Pro, another player that they added. Procise is the guy I think is key here, and I think Procise is single-handedly driving Thomas Rawls' value down by two rounds. Yep. I, I mean, like, and, and he's a rookie. I mean, you don't know what they're going to do. Um, they're, they're even saying it's, you know, Rawls is the starter and it's Rawls' job. Help me out in the chat, uh, people, uh, with, with the other guys Seattle added. Procise catches passes, too, which I yes, think is former is, wide receiver is from Yeah. So, uh, so Rawls now falling in. I, th- I think that, you know, fourth round is about right for him, mid-fourth, uh, early fourth, and that's where uh, Kern gets him at the 404. First quarterback is off the board. The pick after that, Cam Newton, to straight cash homies at the 405, and then we get our fifth tight end, no, our fourth tight end, excuse me. Oh, more than that. No, it's our fourth tight end off the board, Travis Kelsey. Uh, that would be the fifth, right? Gronk, Reed, Olsen, Walker, Kelsey, right? Yeah, just... You said, did you say fourth? Or fifth? I, yeah, I said both. I corrected myself. <laughs> uh, originally, I said fifth, and then I said fourth. Uh, so oh, Kel- man. Kelsey's the, I, I got to start drinking. Kelsey's the fourth. Mineral water. Yeah, Kelsey's the fourth receiver off the board, or fourth tight end off the board to iced coffee. Golden Tate, the pick after that. What do you think about Golden Tate in the mid-fourth? Sands Calvin Johnson in Detroit, Dave. Um... Tate crushed it, man, when Calvin Johnson was hurt. Are you selling me on Are you trying to sell me on I don't know. I, I think that Golden Tate's in for a big year. And, and more so because, and I know I've, like, talked up Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu on this show, but that's more because I was playing devil's advocate. I'm actually not a big believer in them. And I think the contracts that they got were largely because this wasn't a massive free agent class and people had to spend money. I'd probably be, you know, uh, Jordan Matthews went uh, two picks later, and we'll talk about him maybe if you want to, but I, I'd rather probably have Matthews. Uh, I think that I'm, I might be interested in Marvin Jones as the uh, as a more of a value play later. Yeah, I am too. I'm um, starting to like that. But I still, I mean, Golden Tate in the fourth round. For, and that's his number three receiver. This is Andrew Palermo's scheme no, we're talking nice. about. That's very nice. That's, that's, that's because you're not, I mean, obviously you want to count on points from your from your fourth round pick. But at the receiver position, uh, it's good that you still have Keenan Allen and Sammy Watkins ahead of him. Uh, Tyler Eifert, uh, we already talked about, to uh, BipLab uh, in, in the fourth round. That was the 408, excuse me, 40, no, 408 pick. Jordan Matthews and DeMarco Murray are the next two picks off the board to Woody Woodruff and Rock Frost. And then rounding out the fourth round, C.J. Anderson and Jeremy Macklin. I know that people are talking up Devontae Booker in, in Denver, Dave, but are you surprised to see C.J. Anderson last to the 411 in this draft? I am because I think Devontae Booker, especially in a redraft league, you can probably snatch him up in like the eighth round and then you got your handcuff. I think you might even be able Maybe to get him later. Yeah, yeah, it could be. So, yeah, I like that pick a lot, actually. We'll see. 
where he goes tonight uh, and, and uh, in the Revelations and Genesis draft. So that'll be interesting uh, to, to keep an eye out for. But C.J. Anderson in 4-11, I, I like that value. Uh, that is to Carolina Cowboys. So, you know, with a rookie quarterback and, or whatever the quarterback situation is there, they're going to be pounding the ball a lot. Yep. So even if Devontae Booker – could have Booker, great value, both value. Yeah. You know, both yeah. could have value this year. Uh, Eric Decker leads off the fifth round to Dude Platinum, and uh, Jeremy Lankford goes the pick after that. So Carolina Cowboys at the turn here, uh, not the official turn, but the you know the four eleven five zero two. C.J. Anderson, Jeremy Lankford. Lankford is a guy I was I was actually um, Nelson Sousa was uh, tweeting about today with uh, Chris Banks, Mike Clay, um, and Jared Smola from Draft Sharks. They're having yeah. a Lankford. Discussion. What did they figure out? What was the conclusion? Well, you know, it's funny, and I'll bring this up. I was going to tell you this in person, but uh, we're here. You, you, well, I guess I, I'll just tell you on the air. Um, how did how did it get framed? I think Nelson said something like, "Oh, he's going in the fourth, fifth round, or whatever." And then Mike Clay uh, shot back at him. Yeah, but I have him ranked in the thirties. <laughs> like, what, like, what does that have to do with where he's going? Yeah. Like, Mike. Also, oh, in other words, they should all be drafting like, him in the thirties. <laughs> I mean, God forbid people don't listen to everything you say there, Mike. That was awesome. So, and Mike Clay's great. Whatever, it's fine. Um, you don't have to kiss his ass. I'm, I'm sure not, not going to listen to this. I'm, I'm not kissing his ass. I'm, I'm just saying it. He does, he does a lot of great work at, at ESPN. But I thought that was a funny tweet that he came out uh, with <laughs> after that. So anyway, Nelson was talking about you know uh, him being selected in the fourth, fifth round. Jared Smola said, uh, "I'm glad that somebody else isn't writing him off uh, because what did Chicago do?" at the running back position in free agency in the draft. They let Matt Forte go. They still have Kadeem Carey. They added, jo- they added Jordan. Who's the guy from Indiana? Jordan Howard. Howard yeah. yeah, Jordan Howard they add in the draft. And he was in like the, either the fourth or fifth round. He was in the – it was not an early pick. He is still a guy, though. I yeah, mean, no, he is. You know, so it's not like Langford's going to have it all to himself. But seriously, his value, I think, went up after the draft. I think so, too. And I think Langford looked – last year he looked really good. I mean, he looked like a decent running back. He was written off as just a speed back heading into the season. And when he played, he looked really strong out there. Sports betting man in the chat room, Mike Clay is a nerd. I like nerds, but he is a boring nerd. <laughs> hey, no comment. <laughs> All right. I don't so. know, does he have his own podcast? Yeah, I'm sure he does, right? Uh, well, no, not anymore because he left PFF for ESPN. Oh. So he, I'm sure he'll be on the ESPN. He was on the ESPN Fantasy Football Podcast a few times last year. I'm sure he'll be on there again. Yep. Uh, Get that charisma going, baby. Larry Fitzgerald at the 303, the pick after Langford. And then Kobe Freener, Fantasy MVP at the 504. Fitzgerald at the 503. 503 and then Fleener, but Fleener, Dave, at the 504. Your boy Fleener. As, as the uh, yeah, your guy. So what did, where did you say? What was our bet? Where did you say he was going to finish this year? Uh, didn't I say top five? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think so. And he's the sixth tight end off the board. Mm-hmm. Yep, seven. Okay. Seven. You can't count for sh- for anything. Are you sure? I don't think you can count. Okay, Gronk is one. Yep. Jordan Reed. Yep. Greg Olson. Yep. Blaney Walker. Yeah. Kelsey is five. Yeah. Eifert is six. Fleener is Fleener, seven. Fleener is six. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Uh, you know, actually, just, should I get my daughter Olivia down here no, to do some counting for It us? wouldn't be the worst idea because Rob and Bryce are really mailing it in right now. Uh, Kobe Fleener well, and Amanda. They're doing scotch in the back. <laughs> they're doing it? <laughs> they got in their, like, Whatever, I don't, know what that, I don't know what that contraption scotch is. Scotch is a gateway alcohol. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with it. That's, uh, is that Larry Tunsil back there? <laughs> they got the gas mask. 
Manuel Sanders, we already talked about going to House of Cards at the 505. Zach Ertz as the X tight end off the board <laughs> right after that. This is in the next. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, Andrew Palermo's follow the evidence team taking Zach Ertz at the 506. Second uh, quarterback goes off the board, Aaron Rodgers, to iced coffee. And then uh, three straight running backs, Dave, Latavius Murray, Matt Jones, and Carlos Hyde. Uh, Deshaun Jackson and Gary Barnage rounding out the fifth round. Let's talk uh, a little bit about the back half of the fifth round a little bit. Matt Jones is a guy I'm starting to warm up to. Kern Reeve, once again, talking about one of Kern's picks. Kern Reeve takes Matt Jones at the 509. Redskins did very little in the draft. They added your boy, uh, the fast guy, Marshall. Yep. Uh, did really nothing else uh, to address the running back situation after losing Alfred Morris. Matt Jones playing with Cousins and Doxon and Jackson and Reed and Garcon. Yep. Starting to look like a pretty good offense in a pretty crappy division. Yep. And Jones is the lead running back there. I totally agree. And they like him. They drafted him. They, they supposedly overdrafted him last year. Right. And this is exactly what we talked about last year was we said that Alfred Morris was going to go, was going to go away in 20, you know, into 2016. And that's why we like Matt Jones as a rookie pick because we thought he would then assume the starting running back position this year. And that's what he's done. And again, you can get Marshall for, I think pretty cheap. Uh, just, you know, because, He's he's a, a fantastic metrics guy, so he's worth taking as a as a handcuff. And but you know, get him in the fifteenth round or fourteenth round. And uh, final pick I want to talk about in the uh, in the fifth round, Gary Barnage, the last pick of the fifth round, Dave, as uh, the uh, ninth tight end off the board. It's pretty good value for a team that has took a scattershot approach to receivers in the draft this year. Uh, gets Corey Coleman in there. And uh, no, probably no Josh Gordon. I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen there, but you can't count on him right now. And you get Barnage, who, by the way, Al Saunders, tight end guru. Yeah. Uh, coaching the Cleveland Browns again this year. Or he's one of the coaches there. Yeah. So I think Barnage is a guy that people are sleeping on, and maybe they shouldn't be. Yeah, he's pretty cheap, actually. And they drafted a tight end, actually, in the third round. Uh, Seth DeValve, I think he was out of Princeton. Oh, yeah, but, they, but isn't that the guy that they don't know if he's going to play tight end or receiver? Uh, I would if they, if they drafted all those receivers, I sure hope he's not playing receiver. But well, yeah, I don't know. You, know, yeah. you never know. Yeah. But they, well, like, we'll they like him a lot. We'll see how they use him. They, you know, they say a Harvard guy drafting Princeton guys. That was, uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. And we have more good stuff coming up right after this. The Revelations draft rolls on on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We have guest interview number two coming up right after this. We are entering the sixth round of the Revelations Classic 150 Satellite Draft here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. My name is Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak. Let's bring on our next guest tonight. And uh, caller, go ahead and tell us uh, who, uh, who's joining the show. How's it going, guys? It's Nelson. I thought it was you, Nelson. We're, 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 we're not covering your we're not, draft We're yet. not covering your draft right now, but I did <laughs> reference uh, the Langford discussion you had on Twitter today. Well, that's why I'm calling. All yeah, right, buddy. I, I want to hear more about uh, about the uh, the Langford conversation because I probably there were so many tweets and and I probably butchered a, a good part of it. But talk a little bit about that Langford discussion. Well, I think what piqued my interest was just listen. I I follow Mike Clay. I, I like all the research that he does. Again, it, it there's a lot of valuable information, but I'm more of a guy that likes to take those numbers, those analytics, and filter through them and then compare them to what, you know, I see because I'm more of a kind of like a visual guy. And that's my point that I was just trying to make. It's not like I'm a huge Langford fan. I, I like him. But the point I was trying to make to him was that 
you know, listen, not all just stats, you know, matters in football. You know, he was talking about kind of, you know, uh, Langford caught half the balls uh, thrown to him. It's like, well, you know, he's a rookie, so he, he might not be in the right position for dump-off passes to Cutler. So that that's easily fixable. Um, you know, th- there was some other things that, you know, was debatable, and I was just making a point that, all those things are fixable, and he's shown that he has very good hands. He's shown that he can get it done when they're at the goal line. So, and the talent's there. You can't fix. If you're bored of talent, you can't fix that. So that was just my point that the kid's talented. He looks to be in a good situation. So I, I don't see what's wrong with, uh, you know, where he's going. So did he have him in the 30s for running back or in the 30s overall? Or what, what was he? What was his assertion? Honestly, I don't even know. When he says I have him 30, I think he meant for running backs. Okay. <laughs> right, I, 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 we'll, th- we'll throw the no comment in there again. Not enough characters <laughs> in the tweet. Nelson, uh, but like what I was saying before, not only – I mean, you already made the case that like, look – the the, the the stuff he was having problems with last year uh, are fixable issues, especially for, for a guy who uh, was a rookie last year. Uh, but you can't fix talent, and he definitely has the talent, and he's got a great opportunity. Uh, I, I'm of the opinion, uh, and I'll go the other way uh, here, I think he should be going higher uh, in drafts given what the Bears did uh, with uh, with their team. Now, I guess you, you could make the case like, well, you don't have Adam Gase there anymore, so the offense might take a little bit of a step back. But Langford looks like he's going to be the man. He got goal. I think you mentioned this too. He, he got some goal line last year, was able to catch the, the ball out of the backfield fairly well. I think that he, he's the type of guy, and Dave, we might be talking about ascendant with Jeremy Langford, depending upon how the preseason goes, but he could shoot up a round or two. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, I wasn't sure if that was directed towards Dave. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, Nelson. It was directed at you. I'm a terrible host. (laughs) That's that's quite all right. So here, I'm on the clock. I know we're not covering my draft, but I'm going to show you. I like Langford so much that I'm going to select him right now. What what pick are you? What pick are you guys at right now? uh, Fourth round. Fourth round. Okay. What the hell is going on in that draft? Why is it taking so long? There was uh, Justin um, uh, uh, texting me before they had a pause. There there was a delay. Oh, so due to what? I don't know, but uh, at least uh, we started with the correct draft now. Yeah. Rev- hey, Nelson, uh, I, 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 tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing with uh, with Scout Pro uh, and, and the services you're uh, providing there. Uh, absolutely. So at Scout Pro, we started off, you know, really small company, and um, we've we've built some loyalty with uh, you know uh, customers, and I provide. Um, more of a like a VIP service where uh, last year, for example, especially more of the novice players, uh, you know, that are not just getting into it. Um, I actually spent time with them on the phone, uh, going over draft boards, uh, different scenarios, and then I would help them uh, if they needed the help, you know, throughout their draft. So. In, in a sense, it, you know, it was kind of like, you know, putting training wheels on and, and just kind of holding their hand and going along the way. And, but, it, you know, not doing the, all the work for them, but it's trying to teach them how to become, you know, better players. So 
uh, and then helping them throughout the season with free agency and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it's been going pretty well. Yeah, one of our one of our friends, Tupacker, actually is a customer of yours. <clears throat> and speaking of a novice player, I mean, this guy is a total novice. <laughs> well, hold on. Now I will stick up for Tupacker. He brought up he brought up like he he told us he, he told you the right guy to start in Kentucky, which we didn't do, which you didn't do. That's right. I did not do it. I say we because I I was involved in the decision making. He he made the Allen Robinson bet last year for me on the show. He should actually be he should be the the color. I'm just I think I think I'm the novice. But I will say this for anybody who is uh, <laughs> wondering more uh, about Scout Pro and what Nelson does there. Tupacker could not stop talking about how how much he loved it. Yeah, he does love it actually. And I was just saying that about Tupacker. I'm going to be at the Kentucky Derby with him tomorrow at the off track betting. So we. I mean, yes. we will be there. Yes, we'll be there. So, you know, I just want to give him a little crap. Okay, there you go. Uh, Nelson, thanks so much for calling in. We're all going to follow you on Twitter at the underscore franchise 12. Good luck the rest of the draft. And thanks for uh, chiming in on the Lankford thing. We appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Nelson Sousa, the legendary Nelson Sousa, one of uh, two Dunkin' Donuts franchise owners we've had on the show now, yeah, John, John Luxem and yeah, Nelson Sousa. over some Dunkin' Donuts and Dairy Queen, too. I right? could, too, but, um, okay, here's, here's the options. We, we, have, uh, we have some minutes left in the segment here, about 12 minutes left in the segment. We can, you want to go through round six and then just do team by team, just quick hitters? Because <clears> I feel <throat> like we've centered on um, a good portion of each team's pick so far. Yeah. So, okay, so sixth round, uh, back-to-back Browns for Team Brown which is weird. Uh, but Zeb Cap takes Duke Johnson at the 601. Really starting to like Duke Johnson. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's really, once you go through these, you'll see a lot of these running back picks here. There's, there was some starting running backs still in the 6th and 7th round. There's a, I, there's a honey pot, I, I would say here, of, of running backs in the 6th round. I, yeah. I like a lot of running backs being selected here. Michael Floyd at the 602. So after, well, we'll get to Doughboy's uh, team construction later. Ryan Matthews is the one, two, three, fourth running back selected. By, starter, for, starter for Philly. By Kobe's crew, the starter for Philly. Andrew Luck is the third quarterback off the board to uh, Kern Reeve. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, Dave. Going in the sixth round oh, the of an FFPC draft. What, what is this? Is this life? <laughs> that Jimmy Graham is going there. Dante Moncrief to pick after. Another of the running backs I like here. Follow the evidence. Takes Jay Ajayi. Uh, or as I like to call him on the show, Ajayi! Uh, he goes at the, uh, the at Asian the running back, Jay Ajayi. Yeah, the maybe Asian. We don't know. Uh, De- I De- love Asian. De- Devontae Park. <laughs> Trump Tower has the best noodle bowl. Can I just say that I right now? I love Asian. Yeah. Do you know what else Trump Tower has? The best lasagna bowl. <laughs> I love Italian. Tr- Trump Tower has, uh, has uh, what's that mouse? Has the best matzo ball soup. I love Jewish people. Yeah, uh, I love the Jews. I think I'm running out of I'm running out of options here, but you get. Um, uh, how about this one? Uh, uh, Trump Tower has the best bowl of poutine. <laughs> I don't know what that is. With all dressed potato chips. I don't know what that is. That's Canada. Oh. Poutine is like French fries with like gravy on them. Okay. Yeah, I'll trust you both. Uh, Devontae Parker goes to House of Cards after the Ajayi pick. Uh, Danny Woodhead to Tennessee Rednecks at the nine, excuse me, the 609. Jeremy Hill, Melvin Gordon, Ladarius Green finish off the round. So there you go. That is six rounds. We'll take the next uh, ten, 10 minutes or so talking uh, a little bit about uh, each of these squads. Start with, uh, let's start with Team Brown. 
They started with four straight receivers, Dave, which yes. are all elite. I like them. Mm-hmm. Barnage as a tight end. And then who do they get at running back? Duke Johnson, Frank Gore, Chris Ivory. Not a bad way to recover uh, after starting off so receiver heavy. I like Zeb Cap's team. I do too, actually. I mean, you know, it's just shocking to me that they did not draft a, like a, a, a running back fairly early with Indianapolis and Frank Gore. So, I mean, they're, they're trusting in Gore. I mean, I, that's all you can say about it. And you know what else Indianapolis did? They improved that offensive line. That's so what they did try and do. Not only will Andrew Luck just live to see another year on this planet, <laughs> the running hole should be opened uh, on that offensive line. Balky looks Canadian, according to Sports Betting Man. Do I look Canadian to you? Uh, no, you just talk Canadian. No. I'm going to take both as a compliment. <laughs> Matt Ryan is the, uh, is the, is the receiver, or, uh, second quarterback going off the board here. Uh, to Doughboy. So he goes Breeze and Ryan in the seventh and eighth uh, for quarterbacks. But his team, uh, three straight running backs to kick things off, Peterson, Freeman, Lewis, Kelvin ben- Benjamin, Deshaun Jackson, Michael Floyd as his receivers. I'm not a huge DJX guy. I also would not have taken two quarterbacks in the first eight rounds. Uh, I like Floyd. I think Benjamin's going to be all right. And I obviously really like those first three running backs. I thought good value on Freeman, good value on Deion Lewis. Yeah, I mean, he might struggle a little bit uh, because he passed on tight ends to take Ryan, he just may not have liked uh, might not have liked the tight ends that were out there, and he also probably was thinking of starting a quarterback run, which looks like it's kind of happening a little bit here. But uh, yeah, I, I, Kellen Benjamin and then Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson is just not a high volume catcher, you know, pass catcher. So right. I've never been a big fan of his. I love the running backs though. Speaking of running backs, if you love running backs, you're going to love Kobe's crew team because we are through eight rounds and he already has five. Lamar Miller, LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde, Ryan Matthews, and Amir Abdullah. Those are five starting running backs on their respective teams. Allen Robinson, Julian Edelman, and Allen Hearns. So he gets two of the Jaguars receivers. I'm a little bit nervous about Allen Hearns this year and really the whole entire Jacksonville passing game outside of Allen Robinson with how good they did in the draft getting all those defenders with Dante Fowler coming back from the torn ACL. I think Jacksonville's defense could be pretty good this year. We might see some deflated. I think Allen Robinson's going to be fine. But outside of that, I think we could see some deflated passing numbers around Jacksonville. And again, Kobe's crew, no tight end. Yeah, that's my biggest kind of, you know, if I'm picking nits here, I think if you had gotten rid of Carlos Hyde and you had taken Gary Barnage or, or Jimmy Graham or Ladarius Green or somebody like that, you know, he has those four running backs or those five running backs. But, I mean, I think Matthews and Abdullah, those guys actually could be just fine. And getting rid of hide in that spot would have been fine, too. Do you look at uh, Sudden Birth's team? Or, or even, sorry, and even getting rid of Shady McCoy and taking either Kelsey or Eifert. Oh, yeah. I mean, he yep. could, it's so tough to say, oh, wow, I, I never knew those running backs would fall. But had he known that, he might have gone that direction. Sudden Burst's uh, team, Ezekiel Elliott, Thomas Rawls, Matt Jones. I like those three running backs. Uh, Rawls, I'm, you know, again, I, I don't know how I feel about him yet. I'm, I guess I'm have a little trepidation with them, but fourth round, whatever. I mean, that's, that's fine. Alshon Jeffrey and Michael Crabtree as the uh, receivers, but he has Delaney Walker, Julius Thomas playing tight end and Andrew Luck quarterbacking this team. Uh, fairly spread out as far as the, the team goes right now. He has some elite options at all the positions, really. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the receiver depth, given how they've been pounded in this draft. But other than that, I, he's, got some, uh, he's got some good breakout pieces on this team. The receivers worry me, and then taking Julius Thomas with Andrew Luck both in the first uh, seven rounds, that, then that's three players in the quarterback tight end realm that's going to leave you short at wide receiver. so that's my big concern as well. Straight cash homies, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, and the icon, Steve Smith, all on his squad. The running backs, Matt Forte, Latavius Murray, and Justin Forsett, and then he goes Cam Newton, Jimmy Graham. I think I would like this team more if they would have not selected either Cam Newton or Jimmy Graham, probably Jimmy Graham, 
um, to, to get that extra receiver on this team or maybe that extra running back. I'm not a huge four set guy this year. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm a, honestly, I'm, I feel weird to say this, but I might, not, I might be off the icon this year. It really? Might be, it might be the year that I'm off them. Wow. Because of all the talent they brought in Baltimore? I'm just, I'm just concerned. You know, I just think that at this point now it's, it's just really betting against really long odds given how old he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, he's still pretty cheap to get him there. You know, the other thing that nobody's talking about is Flacco is coming off a torn ACL like late in the season. Yeah, that's true. You know, so we, I mean. I know he's a statue, but still. Right, and he's going to be a statue for the first couple of months of the season, I think. I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about. I uh, he got his eye, eyebrows plucked. Yeah, I, the soft season. I, I can't, I, or waxed, actually. He, he probably needs some wax. He could, get, he could get them plucked. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing that, that wax we can talk about with uh, Baltimore this like year. 10 bucks at the, at the hair. When you're getting your hair cut, you just pay an extra 10 bucks. And you get the middle part taken out, it looks good. See, mine doesn't, I, I, she doesn't charge me for it. Well, I mean, just, you know, you can. I mean, no. So they wax your eyebrows for free? Well, it's, I, I don't know, but it's clean every single... I, they don't put the wax on it, but it's clean every time I leave, and they're all trimmed up. So. What do you mean that it's clean? You don't notice what they do? I don't. I know they don't put the wax asleep? on it. Do they, do they, do they use amnesia? No, I'm very, like, no, I'm, not, not listen, I, what do they call it? The, 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 the gas. Oh, it's like... What they, do they call it? Amnesia. Like laughing gas? <laughs> and, oh, anesthesia. Yeah, there you go. Amnesia. That's so stupid. They give me the anesthesia, and then I get amnesia. <laughs> Uh, Iced Coffee, let's talk about his team. I'm not going to talk anymore, I don't think. Le'Veon Bell and Mark Ingram are the two running backs. Mike Evans, Dante Moncrief, Doug Baldwin, and Kevin White, the receivers. He gets Travis Kelsey and Aaron Rodgers. I think that my personal proclivities in how I would assemble one of these teams is coming to the forefront. But again, would have liked to see another running back or maybe a different receiver on this team instead of Rodgers. I I have no problem with the Kelsey pick. You know, I I don't think I would have constructed the team in the same way, but actually, I, I like... Like, he's got the receivers going late. But I actually love the way he kind of did it. But he only has two running backs. So he took Bell, took Evans, then he took Ingram. Then went Kelsey and Rodgers. And it's like, wow, that, that's really rough at that point. But then he went, goes with four straight wide receivers now. And I think he really helped make up for a lot of that deficit. So I, th- I actually like this team. Yeah, the fourth receiver of that, uh, of that uh, crew is Corey Coleman. So he adds Corey Coleman there. That's his fifth overall. That is his fifth receiver, fourth, that, fourth in a row yeah. that, he's, that he's selected. I, need, I think I need to get on the Doug Baldwin train. You know, uh, he's given me no, he gave people no reason to sit him down the stretch last year. And I, I well, who am I to disbelieve him this year? Yeah. So I like that pick. I mean, there's a lot of those four Seventh receivers. round. Seventh round, Dave. Doug yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. There's some risk with those receivers other than Baldwin, probably. Yeah. But you figure at least one's going to hit and probably two. Yeah. Well, look at the upside, though, with Moncrief, Kevin White, Coleman. I mean, these are all like breakout type guys. Col- Corey Coleman, I, I mean, I love his talent. I, he, what, he was the first receiver taken. He reminds me a lot of, of the young Steve Smith. Yeah, and, he does, uh, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, and I think he's going to get peppered with passes. And, I mean, that defense is god-awful. He's going to get peppered and salted. That's yeah. how many targets he's going to get. Absolutely. Follow the evidence. Todd Gurley, Jay Ajayi, Isaiah Kroll are the running backs. He's got a lot of receivers. Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, Golden Tate, John Brown, Tyler Lockett, Zach Ertz. This is a team I like. You get the foundation running back in the first round. You get Jay Ajayi, a good running back breakout in the sixth round, and then you add all those receivers, but not at the expense of tight end. You still get Zach Ertz. I like this squad quite a bit. And the reason you like it is because he hasn't taken a quarterback yet, and there's still good ones out there. I mean, right now, there's three Cardinals receivers off the board, but Carson Palmer has not been drafted. So, again, you're in the, you're in the eighth, ninth round. Where did, uh, where did Brown go? John Brown went in the seventh round, and he was the third receiver taken. So you take three wide receivers. I know they don't throw to tight ends, but you have a pass-catching running back who's the number one running back taken overall. 
three wide receivers all gone by the middle of the seventh round, the quarterback's still on the board. If that quarterback went to one of these teams without a QB, I think that's fantastic. Let's talk about another team that doesn't have a quarterback on the team, and that's Biplav's uh, Mandel's uh, House of Cards. Rob Gronkowski, Greg Olson, and Tyler Eifert at tight end. Jordy Nelson, Emmanuel Sanders, Devontae Parkers is number three receiver. Did he time out with Arian Foster? Uh, I don't know. I don't believe so. No. Uh, the running backs, TJ Yeldon, Theo Reddick, and uh, Arian Foster in the seventh, eighth, and ninth rounds. That's the first time Bip Lab takes uh, running backs. And I will tell you this, Michael Cobb, uh, dynasty owner extraordinaire, dynasty champion in the FFPC, yes. uh, already said that he likes Bip Lab's team here. Who am I to disagree with Michael Cobb? I like this team as well. Question the Foster pick a little bit, uh, but you get the pass catcher and Theo Riddick. Oh, there's a rumor that the, the Bears are targeting Arian Foster oh. and Niall Davis according to Showtime Sports. Yeah, well, you know, being mentioned in the same headline as Niall Davis certainly speaks well for Arian Foster's prospects. Here's a trivia question for you. All right. What's his middle name? Arian? Yeah. Aloysius. Isa. Like ISA? Yeah, ISA. You know what's funny about that is I had a, I had a friend <laughs> just gave birth to twins. Today, yeah. actually. Today, wow. Yeah, she um, posted the names on Facebook, and then after she posted, it was a boy and a girl, and after she posted the girl's name, she had to put in parentheses how to pronounce it. Oh, God. See, it's just so terrible. And Jen, she's a mutual friend of my wife, Jennifer, and Jennifer called me, and she's like, you know, if you need to put the pronunciation <laughs> of your kid's name on Facebook, you probably shouldn't uh, name it that. And I was like, hey, you are preaching to the converted. I have no quarrel with you there. Can you say the name or... It was like Eile or something like that. How do you spell it? I, 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 no, no, it was like, no, I think it was I-S-L-E-Y or something like that, but it's pronounced Eile. like a silent S. like a silent S, yeah. Oh, God. But everybody's going to be calling that kid Isley and Isley. Hey, Island. That's, man, Eile. It's rough. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's Beth. I wish you could, have been, you, you could have been present for the whole conversation because I had a lot of great jokes after that that I'm not going to bore the listeners with, uh, but a lot of good stuff after that. Okay, so anyway, that was Bip Lab's team. And by the way, I know one, by the way. So I know, we need to switch it over. Um, by the way, you can check out Michael Cobb on the latest Rotoviz radio podcast he did. I heard with, he was great. With, yeah, he was fantastic with uh, John Moore. A lot of great Dynasty stuff for you uh, on there. You can check that out at rotoviz.com. Uh, Woody Woodruff's Tennessee Rednecks, drafting from the four spot. David Johnson, Eddie Lacy, Danny Woodhead. Eddie Lacy and uh, Danny Woodhead, both on the Blake Harrington Dynasty team for <laughs> myself. So obviously I like those picks. Amari Cooper, Jordan Matthews, Marcus Wheaton, and DGB are the receivers. And the tight end, obviously, uh, I love Kobe Fleener. Russell <laughs> Wilson is the quarterback. Another well-balanced team. Not sure about the receivers. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm... I'm yeah, I believe in Amari Cooper, but as my number one, I'm just kind of like, nah. But that's what happens when you take a running back in the first two rounds. Uh, I don't know what to think about Jordan Matthews this year. Marcus Wheaton's a bit of a wild card. Uh, he should see targets in that offense, but Sammy Coates looked really good at the end of last season. And then you have Doriel Green-Beckham, a guy that you said the breakout is coming, just not this year. That's just my opinion, but that's, that's what I think. And you've already shifted my opinion on it. <laughs> uh, first swipe, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Brandon Marshall, Larry Fitzgerald. A lot of good receivers there. DeMarco Murray. I love, Jer- that. I love that Fitz pick in the fifth. Yeah, DeMarco Murray, Jeremy Hill, Jonathan Stewart at running back, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio Gates, uh, quarterback and tight end. Uh, Dave, this team, four years ago, probably would have broken records <laughs> in fantasy football. Well, Beckham would have been at LSU. But- but, well, that's true. But, I mean, Marshall, yeah. Murray, Fitz. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, Big Ben, Gates. Yeah. It's, an old, it's an older team, but sometimes there's value in those veterans. I like this team a lot. Yeah, I, I think going with those three receivers, Murray's a, this fine pick. 
Not necessarily, I actually like Stewart a little bit better than Hill, and that's, that's as far as those picks go. But that's uh, yeah, overall great. Carolina Cowboys, Jamal Charles, C.J. Anderson, Jeremy Langford, Melvin Gordon at running back. Julio Jones, Brandon Cooks, and Marvin Jones at the receiver. Tony Romo is Julio the quarterback. Jones. You said Mar- Julio, you said Julio. Julio and Marvin. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, Tony Romo and Jason Witten, quarterback and tight end tandem. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I like the idea of, of stacking those running backs and receivers in the first uh, you know, seven rounds like he did. Uh, we are both um, somewhat uh, – Looking for value with Marvin Jones this year, and I think he found it in the seventh round. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then team one, Dude Platinum. This is Brian Holsgen team, uh, Holsgen's team. Antonio Brown, Jeremy Macklin, and Eric Decker are the receivers. Doug Martin, Giovanni Bernard, and Charles Sims are the running backs. The tight ends, Jordan Reed and Ladarius Green, and Tom Brady at quarterback. Your thoughts on this squad? I like it a lot, actually. The um, the uh, the Sims pick is giving me a little bit of pause in the eighth. No, that's I got I got you for that. I mean, uh, I think Jordan Reed and Ladarius Green were both fine picks. You know, I'm just it's tough for me to get excited about Macklin and Decker, but all they do is just go out and produce every week, week after week. They're just putting up all those all those numbers. And Brady and you know, Brady's a you know a cheap enough quarterback. I know he's losing four games, but he'll be he'll be great the rest of the way. He will be great the rest of the way. I, I sincerely believe that as well. And you know what else is going to be great the rest of the way? This show. We're going to go to a break right now. This is the Revelations draft. When we come back, we're going to uh, switch it over to the Genesis draft and uh, see what's going on over there besides Nelson Sousa taking the Jeremy Langford uh, pick in the fourth round. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on a special show tonight here on blogtalkradio.com. What are you switching? (laughs) Just ruined the break. Now i got to edit all this out. Oh, sorry, buddy. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm Eric Falkman. He's Dave Gerzak. We covered the Revelations draft for the first hour of the program. Now let's flip over to the Genesis side. Uh, while I do that, Dave, uh, and, and uh, Rob and I and Bryce, put how many, how many high, HSFF how many em, em, employees does it take to switch drafts? Three, apparently. So while we do that, uh, you have the Genesis rundown right here. And uh, you can introduce uh, – that's actually the draft order. So you can introduce the team names and the uh, player names just not the uh, area codes. If you need any help on pronunciations, let me know. Sounds good. Uh, team number one is the lunatic, James Addison. Uh, we already had Nelson Sousa, uh, team number two, the franchise. He was already calling in earlier. Is this, oh, Beantown. It looks like Beantown here, Balky. Donnie T, drafting out of the three spot. You know, Donnie T, we're glad we didn't shut you out this year, buddy. Donnie T, Beantown, the three pick. Uh, Car- Chicago Cardinals, uh, William Spada is in the four hole. In the five spot, we have Chris Hines with Invictus Manio. And uh, let's see, going to the six hole, we have Jason Apostolos, Team Twisted. Jason Tapley, old friend, the Bada Bingers. And uh, out of the eight spot, Big Ferg, Wayne Ferguson, P4P. Players for players, maybe? I don't know. Eight hole. Uh, st- pound for pound for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Balky, I think I'm going to mix up a drink here. Steve Abram. Abrahamson out of the nine hole. Bick Mitchum is his uh, team name. Uh, out of the 10th spot, we have Paul O'Neill. 10 straight, Squampton 2 is the team. How's it looking over there? Kevin Basker, hey, he's back for another draft out of the 11th spot, NorCal Nation. And Lenny Papano out of the 12 hole, DraftSharks.com. Yeah, you know what's interesting? The zip code is not available. Uh, no, it's not. 585. Are you surprised that uh, would not be available? <laughs> Lenny Papano with uh, oh, yeah. with his uh, under the radar, yeah, uh, very talented uh, uh, Lenny Papano, but uh, also very secretive. Yes, um, that I messed that up. That's just straight squamped in two for ten. It's not ten. 
I added the extra oh, yeah. time. That's my fault. <laughs> All right. And I won't even blame Rob for that one. That was mine. All right. A lot of new names in the de- in the Genesis draft for the second straight year. That's because Donnie T keeps winning and kicking them out. Who yeah. Won, who won last year? It, well, was it, was John, it was John Duckworth. Duckworth. I remember we made that bet. And yeah. Terminello took second and Duckworth took first. Um, and, and Duckworth's not in it, which, whatever. That's a little annoying. But yeah, Duckworth's been busy. Yeah, he has been busy. Uh, but I don't care. Jason Tapley, uh, Wayne Ferguson, I think, has always been in Genesis, right? I believe so. And uh, Terminello, I think, are the th- and Nelson. Those four seem like they yeah. are, you know, always been long-term guys. New, new blood is good. New blood is good. And uh, let's take a look at the draft here, Dave. Now they also had four running backs go in the first round. They also had nine running backs go overall. Jordan Reed went in the second round See? of this draft. So, there you go. So, they, okay, that's, um, that's kind of what I was thinking. And honestly, and honestly, yeah, good one. <laughs> and Greg Olson, it was the 301 in, in this pick, and he was another guy that I thought would be going in the yep. second round. So he almost snuck in there mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Cam Newton is the first quarterback off the board in the third round. Eddie Lacy falls all the way to the 306. Wow. You know what I think about that, if I, if I have the 306 pick? And Eddie Lacy's out there. You're happy. I'm go. So terrible. <laughs> I think you say so terrible every time. <laughs> to, to the to the to the point where people probably think I'm playing like some sort of production <laughs> there because it sounds the same every time. Thomas Rawls goes one pick before Lacy. Now we're we're cool with them in the fourth. At least I was cool with them in the fourth. Uh, you you look at using a mid third round, and this is Invictus Maneo who took uh, Rawls there. You talk about Rawls in the mid third. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think passing on skinny Eddie Lacy for Thomas Rawls is really... He's always going to be fat Eddie Lacy. And even, you know, Doug Martin, too, at the end of the third is really nice. Um, Adrian Peterson and uh, Devontae Freeman, both second-round picks as well. Uh, no other things I, I think we, we need to talk about in the second round. Um, we move to the fourth, because third third looked pretty chalky as well. Aaron Rodgers goes off the board in the fourth. C.J. Anderson, again, also going in the fourth round here. Did you have a comment on the... Well, just, you know, Cam, I think he went two full rounds earlier. I mean, I don't know if you'd mentioned that a few seconds ago, but... I mean, uh, then Rodgers? No, I mean, Cam, I think, went in the fifth round. In the oh, fifth. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So you mentioned the, that round was chalky, but Cam, that's actually pretty darn early. For well, Cam. yeah, but we already, did we already talk about Cam? I don't know. Who's All right, on? anyway. It's all blending together at this point. Yeah, it's, it's just wait till we do pros versus Joes, and then it really all blends in. Um, Mark Ingram also going in the fourth round. I think that was a pretty good pick by NorCal Nation. Um, and then we look forward. Did we? Did we okay. So here's, How, so here's Larry Fitzgerald here. I mentioned right? I thought Fitz was a good value at the 503 in the other draft. Fitz here goes with the 405, actually. Yeah. In draft. So I yeah. think he's going a lot, went a lot earlier. What, how are you attacking this Tennessee? I mean, I know we talked about Tennessee. Avoid? Uh, well, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So you're not taking Murray or Derrick Henry this year? Um, I guess I would. You wouldn't take Murray in the fourth, would you? Where This is where he went in this draft. Murray as the um, first uh, uh, running back selected by the Chicago Cardinals. Chicago it's, Cardinals. It's, it's, it's possible. Possible, I would consider Murray. That is okay. Chicago Cardinals. That's William Spada's team. So Demarco Murray, you consider in the late yeah, fourth. Late fourth, I, you know, yeah. have to look at it. Uh, I'll tell you who I would take before him: Jeremy Lankford, who went at the four eleven to Nelson Sousa. Yeah, you're really on on Lankford. Uh, it's one of these things where you don't really realize you like somebody until you actually start like talking about it and like taking a close look. I, I didn't do any drafts last year until we got to Kentucky. And honestly, it was probably a factor of me pounding receivers so early because in that format, receivers do go quick. 
I had Rashad Jennings on like four teams in Kentucky. And it's like, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, you don't realize, Oh, I guess I like this guy. Like after yeah. the draft boards, I'm like, or after the drafts, I'm looking at the boards. And I'm like, Oh, apparently I like Rashad Jennings this year. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things. And it's sort of the same thing that I'm seeing with Langford now. Uh, uh, Gary Barnage uh, at the five Oh three to uh, Don Terminello's bean town. He went at the five twelve or five twelve. Five twelve, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it's still fifth round, but definitely uh, almost a full round higher. Matt Jones, again, at uh, mid-fifth round here. Andrew Luck and Kobe Fleener uh, at the end of the fifth round. Fleener at the 5'11". My God, NorCal Nation. Just give him the title now. <laughs> Holy God. Your Fleener love knows, knows no bounds. You know what's interesting, though? He went Ingram and Fleener. He went um, on back-to-back picks. Ingram in the fourth and then Fleener in the fifth. So you get the New Orleans running game. And let's face it, 95% of the New Orleans passing game. On, on back-to-back Fleener's going to have like 1,800 yards, I think, this year. Maybe in the first eight games. <laughs> I mean, he might have 1,800 by November. What a, what a fantastic player. He is a fantastic it's just, player. It's too bad he was hampered by Andrew Luck for all those years. We haven't talked about Ladarius Green. I mean, you, we've mentioned him a couple of times, but Ladarius Green. Yeah, I like, this. I like him a lot. Yeah, with the um, suspension to Martavis Bryant, uh, which he's not even fighting, which I thought was interesting <laughs> when, ah, when that came down. You got me. Yeah. Well, what am I going to do, man? <laughs> Like, and I, and I don't want to joke about it because I heard that there's, there's some like serious, you know, issues. He's going, yeah, he's going to rehab or something. Yeah. This, but it's like stuff bigger than weed, uh, from oh. what I read. So I don't want to, I don't think that was a way of coping for him, oh. which is why he's Are been okay. having all these problems. So I, and I don't want to, you know, yeah, whatever. Don't, That's just what I've read. Right. Right on. Good. Um, okay. Good. I hope he does. I hope he recovers nice. But right, exactly. But he will not be a Steeler this year or playing on the active roster. Ladarius Green will be. Yeah. He's probably the number two, well, number three option if you include Bell, right? In that in that passing attack. I would say he's definitely the number two red zone target. Yeah. So he has to be. Yeah. And and uh, you and look. We always we have always I think fantasy players nationwide have said that Green was underutilized with San Diego. Not that Gates isn't great, but it just seems to me like there had to be more ways to get Green on the field. You, you have, you're playing Malcolm Floyd and all these other guys. Either Green's not that great or, uh, or you're just screwing up. And I think that the, the most fancy players just think they were screwing up. That's my opinion. Do you, uh, do you think, and get into the psych, psychological aspect here of the drafter, uh-uh. do you think there's something to be said for Ladarius Green burning – so many people who had drafted him, sometimes even as the starting tight end mm-hmm. for the Chargers, like for like three years. Yeah, like two years ago, people were drafting Green over Gates. Gates was going like the 12th and 14th rounds. He was getting hyped up. Yeah, and Green was, was all hyped. Gates is washed up. He's yeah. getting hyped up again this year. But I, I think, but is it your, your contention is that because people have gotten burned by Green for so That's long? That's not my contention. You're asking. I'm asking you. Is, is that, is that. Is that a is that a thing? Yeah, is that did, a narrative? Yeah, post, I mean, is that post, something that people are going to be letting him slip this year because of that? Yes, he's a post type sleeper. You know that's a term. Yeah, it is a term. So he is he's he's a double post type sleeper. But he might it, even be a triple post type sleeper. But is he a and sleeper? Hold on, hold on. Can you be a hold on? Can, <laughs> if can you be a post type sleeper if you're a post type sleeper and present sleeper like pre, or presently hyped? Because he's presently hyped, too. How hyped can he be? He's getting drafted in the sixth, seventh round. Right now. I mean, I think a lot of people, when we, as we get closer to, to July and August, people are be like, man, what, what is going on with Le'Veon Bell? Wait, Martinez Bryant, he's really done, isn't he? He's <laughs> yeah. not going to play this year. Well, who else have they got? 
Sammy Coates, <laughs> Darius Hayward Bay, Marcus Wheaton, what? Hey, Coates could be a sleeper. He could be. Um, also on my Carrington team. <laughs> I, I think that there's something to be said for Ladarius Green burning so many people for so many years. And the fact that he switches to a new team, new coach, new offense, new quarterback, th- there is All some... All superior to the prior team. That, but it is still new. Yes, I know. Okay. But I'm just saying they're all, it's a much better situation. Okay, well, obviously. it is a better situation. That that I will give you. Uh, so that is the start of the sixth round. Well, you need someone to call in so I can mix up a drink here. Otherwise, I have to talk. Oh, yeah, Genesis owners, 347-426-3682. Go ahead and get something, and uh, I'll talk about the sixth round while you do it. All right, I'll be right back, guys. So the as I was saying, the uh, sixth round was led off by Ladarius Green to uh, Lenny Papano's DraftSharks.com team. That was his first tight end. Ryan Matthews is the second uh, pick of the sixth round to North, uh, NorCal Nation. Devontae Parker, the number three receiver and the number three pick of the sixth round, goes to Straight Squampton at 10. Deshaun Jackson goes immediately after him, followed by Danny Woodhead, Ladarius Green's old teammate. Woodhead, Wayne Ferguson's third running back, that's pound for pound, at the 6.05. Doug Baldwin goes right after that uh, to uh, the Bada Bingers, Jason Tapley's squad, Jonathan Stewart and Jay Ajayi. The two running backs make up the next two picks of the draft. Stewart to Twisted, Ajayi to Invictus Maneo, Ajayi uh, being uh, Invictus Maneo's third running back selection. Uh, Michael Floyd is the third receiver selected by the Chicago Cardinals. That's William Spada's team drafting at the uh, four spot, so that would make that the 609. And then we have three running backs finishing out the third round. I got to tell you, I, I'm not a big Jeremy Hill guy, but I look at the other two running backs. I really love these guys in the sixth round. Deion Lewis, who went in the third round in uh, the Revelations draft, falls all the way, wait, all, all, all the way to the 6'10 in this draft. Duke, John, Duke Johnson, the 6'11, Jeremy Hill at the 6'12. Wow. Deion Lewis, your number one running back. You get just, him just giving it to, at the to 6'10". Johnny there, yeah. Don Terminello just doing what Terminello does. That's, that's, that's pretty nice. That is a fantastic uh, way to, uh, to start uh, to get him there. Um, so that is the sixth round. What, what do you think of Jeremy Hill this year? You know, I, I, mean, I was kind of poo-pooing him a little bit earlier, but actually, you know, considering how cheap he is now, he was a second rounder, early second rounder last year, wasn't he? Uh, so I yeah. think, I think yeah. if, even if he does as crappily this year as he did last year, it's, it's not even a bad pick at that spot. So all you really have is upside there. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You're, I mean, you're not paying a lot for him. And I think one of the other things that we need to remind ourselves of, Hugh, Hugh Jackson, who did such a great job with that Cincinnati offense last year. And, Huey or Hugh? Well, okay, I called him Huey, and then you said, I think it's Hugh. Now I'm calling him Hugh, and you're saying, isn't it Huey? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. You. You're, the, you're the host. I'm going with Huey. Good. Right. Go ahead. Huey Jackson <laughs> moves to Cleveland this year, and you know, working his magic on Duke Johnson and uh, Isaiah Crowell uh, in that offense. So I think something it needs to be said. Like we're not really sure exactly what's how how these running backs are going to coexist. Bernard and Hill, um, and I think that's. You, that's being baked into sort of where they're going in drafts because they are falling a little bit. You look at Giovanni Bernard in this draft, Dave. He went at, well. thank you, the last pick of the seventh round. So you're not paying off. And Andy Dalton and A.J. Green are going to be doing what they do. Eifert obviously will, will have his say in a lot of targets uh, if he remains healthy this year. And then who's the number two? 
I mean, is it Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd, probably. I mean, is he That's, start? They drafted him in the second round. Yeah, I, I mean, so he's going to start there. I think that you could make the case that Hill and Bernard actually shoulder a heavier load than they, they did. They might. What was the What was the excuse for Jeremy Hill last year? I never. I didn't own him anymore, so I just didn't really pay that much attention to him. But Sigmund I, Bloom I, I had never, a great. I never, I never heard what the problem was, other than he just didn't do well. Yeah, it was something to the effect of. A lot of times you hear about his, the, his the secret, per, secret injuries or something. His production uh, at the end of the season, he had similar – I don't think the touchdowns were there like they were the year before, but his yardage was actually almost exactly the same. Oh, okay. But he had, but he had like, so, like 50 more carries or so 70 lot, more carries per, this per year yeah. or this past year, something like – I don't know. Somebody knows. Uh, Somebody knows. Uh, like, yeah, I, I heard it on the Great Football Guys uh, podcast, um, and they were talking about it on there, and I was like, wow, that is really telling. Uh, so let's talk about this seventh round. Kevin White. We didn't we have we had an off air discussion about Kevin White today. Oh, I'm, yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sort of on him this year. We've had a lot of dynasty owners come on the last few weeks and talk about how they like Kevin White. You're a little not sold yet. Yeah, I just I think we were talking about his rookie value if he was in this year's rookie. rookie right, draft. yeah, that's that's how it's and, started. Yeah, and my argument was that, you know, you've already had it. And, and this would be him coming off his injury and now having been drafted, going into the rookie draft. I think you have to discount him a little bit for having been injured. He was an old rookie or an old guy coming, you know, old for a rookie coming in. And then he told it, you know, he got hurt. He missed that whole year. Uh, you know, I, I think he's in that spot. I think he's got potential, but it still is effectively his rookie season. He, he did not play at all last year. And I think you have to discount him a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you make a decent case that I still think that he, I mean, and you wouldn't disagree. He has the talent to, to break out. He is, he is an older guy. Yeah. Um, which you know usually doesn't speak well for that uh, for for NFL receivers when you come into the to the league, but I'm still believing. And seventh round, sign me up. Yeah, I mean, I think for a league like this, I mean, I would probably prefer the Eric Decker pick a little bit just because it's a little bit safer, which went right after him. But is it but safer for, though? But for a, can I finish my? I was no, hold on, no, you cannot. Is yes. it safer? Yes. What if Geno Smith is the quarterback there this year? I mean, he was awful. Well, what, first of all, he's not going to be the quarterback there. You think it's Fitzpatrick? This is a foregone conclusion for you. No, I think it's very likely that it's Fitzpatrick. Okay. But yeah. I, I, to, to my point, I mean, if, if it was a main event draft, I would have definitely taken Kevin White over like a guy like Decker, I think, if I was trying to win like the big money. I got gotcha. you. It's, it's a higher risk. The rate. higher ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely a lower floor. We're going to take a look at uh, the rest of the seventh round uh, right after this. Remember, you can follow this, the draft board, youtube.com slash football. For those of you who are um, – Listening to this on the uh, stream that uh, I can't announce yet, <laughs> this is this is uh, it's going to cut off right here. But for those of you downloading on Stitcher, Spreaker, iTunes Radio, uh, TuneIn Radio, uh, any of those, uh, you're going to be able to hear the rest of the Genesis Draft coming up right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming at you, bringing the first two classic redraft leagues, 20-round uh, leagues uh, that the FFPC is offering. Uh, you can uh, check out more of these satellite leagues over at myffpc.com. We are following the Revelations and the Genesis drafts tonight. We covered Revelations in the first hour. We're covering the Genesis draft, which is about to complete round nine uh, here. And I'm just going to take you through the seventh round, and we'll get Dave's uh, analysis and, and my analysis of these picks here. Uh, we already talked about uh, T.J. Yeldon and Kevin White going at the 701 and 702. Beantown takes Eric Decker. We actually touched on him as well. Uh, Zach Ertz is the 704 pick. He is the first tight end to the Chicago Cardinals. Russell Wilson is the first quarterback off the board to Invictus Mineo. Uh, first quarterback to Invictus Mineo, not the first quarterback off the board. He's the fourth quarterback off the board. 
if I can count correctly. Michael Crabtree and Corey Coleman are the next picks as uh, they go to Twisted and the Bottabingers, respectively. Jason Witten, Melvin Gordon, and Julius Thomas are the next three players off the board. Witten to Wayne Ferguson, Melvin Gordon to uh, Steve Abrahamson, and then Paul O'Neill takes uh, Julius Thomas, rounding out the round. Doriel Green-Beckham, and the aforementioned Giovanni Bernard. Melvin Gordon going in the third round of FFPC drafts last year, Dave. Seen him in the second in some of them, falling all the way to the seventh round this year. Let's talk a little bit about Melvin Gordon. There's your danger of Ezekiel Elliott right there. You could make the case. Gordon was taken 15th last year, wasn't he? Uh, Yeah, and they traded up. up, Well, it was one pick to get him, but... Um, but you can make the case that e- Ezekiel Elliott is the much more polished back yes. coming from a school that does not have a history of... You know, the whole school... In the okay, history. let's get into it again. Okay, you know what, let's talk about Alabama running, running backs. All right. I think they've done fine in the NFL. Okay. Uh, in- Ingram has obviously bounced back. It took him a while. Yes. Yeldon was all right his rookie year. He's all right. Lacey had two great seasons, and then he was introduced to the world of fast food. That's fine. So then he had a bad year. Now he might be good again. I mean, he's being taken in the second second round, third round. Okay. What other? Oh, Trent Richardson. Okay, he's a bust. Fine, that's fine. Okay. What what other running backs are we missing from recent? Is that it? Well, I and mean, you have Derrick Henry coming out. Oh, now, Derrick so. Henry, which we which we don't know. Yeah. Okay. Wisconsin running backs. <laughs> Give me the positives there. I mean, the thing is, these are all independent individuals. I mean, they're not the same people. They're independent individuals of a group that sucks in the <laughs> NFL. I just don't understand. Is there something in the water in Madison? I, maybe. It's just, it's just maybe, the offensive maybe, line is so good that scouts always just get duped. May, maybe it's the offensive line. Maybe it's the defenses they play against. Maybe it's the conference they play in. Maybe it's the style of offense Wisconsin runs. Yeah, San Diego knew that all going in and still made the trade up to draft. Brought one of these because NFL because NFL guys. executives have never made a mistake before. But the thing is, I don't think blaming the mistake on the on the fine University of Wisconsin and Madison and the, and the I'm not blaming the university. I mean, you're I'm just blaming saying the whole like, university. Like, look, or Donna Shalala, the former uh, you know, hold on, chancellor, whatever the hell she was right. down in Florida. She, yeah. She was um, Secretary of Health and Human Services for Bill Clinton, wasn't she? I don't know. Whatever. I think she was. And then she worked for the U. Um, <laughs> some would say that was an upgrade. I would not. <laughs> um, so the Wisconsin running back thing. Um, I, damn it, I totally lost my train of thought now, what I was going to say about this. I'm just saying, like, even the, the staunchest people who believed in, okay, Wisconsin running backs just suck in the NFL, some of them said, okay, if there's one guy who's going to do it, it'd be Melvin Gordon. I still don't think he's going to do it, <laughs> but if there's one guy, it's going to be Melvin Gordon. And you know what? He was awful. Well, I always heard that, you know, that Jeff Tepford quarterbacks were just, would you know, suck in the NFL, and then Aaron Rodgers came along. Holy crap, Te- he didn't suck. Technically, Aaron Rodgers was a Butte Community College quarterback <laughs> and not a University of California quarterback. Like that's but... <laughs> I, I disagree. You're right. Okay, so, again... That that is the exception to the rule. It's always the case Rogers. until it doesn't happen that, like that anymore. Until okay, so you admit it. It's the, the, there <laughs> is a will, case for Wisconsin running backs. You, you, you I will sub- say it's not predictive. I will say it has happened in the past. I, that's absolutely correct, and it is not predictive in the future. And you know, I think Gordon. You know, he was not. He was a good running back with great stats. Yeah. He didn't have like Jamal Charles. In college. Jamal Charles' size, or like, right. Jamal, I'm sorry, Jamal Charles' speed. He didn't have like a four three five forty. He ran a four five two forty. So he was not like an elite speed back. And then he also wasn't a big bruising running back. He weighed like two ten, two fifteen. So it's you know, and again, I'm not totally writing him off. He might actually be a fine running back still in the NFL. He just didn't have a great rookie season. Oregon and 
Wisconsin and Oregon running backs are like pro day numbers. They are worse than they look. That's <laughs> from sports betting man in the chat room. Oregon. Um, what is, okay. Uh, yes. Phone call. Yeah, no, I, we get a phone call. We're going to take it in a second, but sports betting man also said Sterling Shepard going as a second rookie receiver off the board. Uh, yeah. In this draft. See now that I can see, because remember Nelson Aguilar and Rashad Perriman were actually being drafted ahead of, um, Kevin White in leagues last year. Yeah, just in redraft. Of, in redraft. Because of the opportunity for right. some playing Yeah, time. yeah. Including uh, good quarterback play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, we're going to stick a pin in this Wisconsin running backs discussion that I just won, and we'll come, <laughs> we'll come back to it uh, later on this year. Congrats, Paul. Yeah, thank you. Let's, uh, oh, oh, okay, I'm going to get to the caller in a second. Let's do a Melvin Gordon. I got right, five on all it. Right. What do you think? Okay, well, you tell me where he finishes this year <laughs> among, among running backs. 25th. Okay, how about to, to to make it even? Okay, twenty fine, twenty five. I, don't th- I mean, I don't think I don't I don't necessarily love him. I'm just saying, you know. No, I'm just saying I don't love him. So. I, I'm just saying that you can't automatically write off an entire university's worth of running backs in the future just because they've sucked in the past. When you have that's a, the have, definition of insanity. You have a though. sample size of six, which is a massive sample size in the NFL. It's not predictive. It's not enough. You need, you need like 400 to actually be able to even say between a uh, You and I are like not – listen, I'm telling you, when Melvin Gordon busts, we're never going to see the seventh running back drafted from Wisconsin. You know, if, you, if, you wore, if every time you wore a red shirt, it rained, and you wore red shirts like once a week, and it rained like for seven consecutive weeks, would you then like wear a red shirt the following you – know, like, it's coming up. It's like, oh, it's a red shirt day, so it's going to rain today. That's effectively the argument you're making. And you know what? It would rain. You want to know why I know this? Because it's rained every other GD time I wore that shirt. All right, let's get to the car. Right. Just, just, I thought you were sticking a pin in this. Yeah, I thought of something else. That's why I had that. <laughs> All right, let's go, to the, let's go to the phone lines. Caller, you are live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who is this? This is, um, this is Mike Static from uh, Straight Cash Homies. We're in the, I don't know which draft we're in right now. Revelations. You're in Revelations, yes. That's right. How you doing? We're, we're doing, doing well. good, man. How we, you know, we left your draft. We're we're in Genesis right now, but give us an update on how your squad's looking in Revelations. We're we're liking the way we look right now. Um, you get two beast receivers right out of the go. I, I like Matt Forte back deep in the third. I I don't know how he's been going earlier. I haven't done a lot of drafts this year, but I thought that was a pretty good pick. And then. We've been targeting Cam a lot higher, and when he fell to us in the fourth, I was like, okay, I'll be the guy that takes the first quarterback off the board. Kind of happy with that. Not to interrupt you, but Cam went at the 304 in this other draft, so you got some value there by comparison. Really? Okay, that's, that's, that's uplifting. Thanks. There you go. Yeah, yeah, we're, a, we're trying to make you happy, buddy. Mike, we're not trying to make you tear up here, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. emotional to get that kind of value on Cam Newton, I guess. For sure. Yeah, I know. I mean, he took us he took us to the glory land last year. Nobody wants to be the first team to take the quarterback, though. That's, that's a challenge. So we're, we're, we're trying to get over that, but we're, we're happy with it so far. Yeah. Mike, let let me bring this up on on the whole Cam Newton conversation. Dave, I think this is something I brought up with you privately. I don't think I've talked about it on the air. I'm of the belief that I think Cam Newton is even better this year than he was last year because Carolina loses Josh Norman, um, which was a huge key to their defense last year. Correct. Um, and, and I feel like when you lose him, uh, 
it may be because his performance was so good last year, it probably caused a lot of his teammates to maybe overperform a little bit. So I think Carolina's defense actually takes a step back uh, this year. And then what happens to Cam Newton? He gets uh, Greg Olson back for another year, and he gets Calvin Benjamin back from uh, the torn ACL. And Devin Funches uh, gets into a breakout-type year in the NFL. So I think while Carolina, the team, might not be as good as they were in 2015, I think Cam Newton and the Carolina offense actually even more high power this year. Your thoughts on that? Mine or Mike's? Mike's. Sorry. Mike, go ahead. No, no, I to- totally agree with you. We were we were tracking uh, Kelvin as well, uh, hoping that he would fall to us. And when he went, uh, I thought that was kind of the signal to go ahead and pull Cam. That, I mean, he he fell out in preseason last year with a torn ACL. We drafted him everywhere in the third, second round last year. Um, and like I said, when he blew out his knee last year, I think that's why he, people were kind of losing sight of him. His rookie season was just phenomenal. And I think folks kind of forgot about that. He, he fell off of people's radar. Guy took him right in front of us. So he, he was, he was in our queue ready to be pulled. And as soon as he went, I thought, you know what, that's just, that's just a signal to take camp. That's what I, and, and I do like Funches. I mean, he's a big, tall dude sits down there in the red zone. He, he'll coach a little bit from Olsen, but uh, I, I, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm happy with Cam. Hey, let me ask you a question about Matt Forte. Uh, Bilal Powell on that Jets team has uh, really played the role of third down running back and pass catcher to certain critical acclaim the last couple of years. He gets brought back this year, and uh, Matt Forte and he will be sharing, ostensibly sharing the backfield together. How concerned are you about Bilal Powell taking those valuable third down snaps where Forte caught a lot of passes last year in Chicago? How concerned are you about Bilal Powell taking those away from him in New York? So the concern is definitely there, but I mean, right now, I'm not sure there's a better pass catching running back in the NFL than Matt Forte. So take him off the field in that situation for Bilal Powell. I, I feel like you're sort of replacing a Hyundai with a, you know, or a Lamborghini with a Hyundai, you know, from an out standpoint. <laughs> So we're okay with it, but, but you never know what the coach is going to do and how, how, the, how the game plan is going to be rolled out. So it's something to watch. It is something to watch, and uh, I would say we'd be watching the rest of your draft, but we have Genesis in front of us right now, so we can't watch it, unfortunately. But I wish you the best of luck the rest of the way in Revelations, man. It's, it's definitely a good squad that you're, uh, that you're happy with so far. And I want to thank you for calling in. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Take care. Thanks a lot. Straight cash homies. That's Mike Static. Love and, the team name. And uh, a co, a co-manager. We should have asked him uh, who the co-manager was, too. Um, but Sorry, I, we, we suck at the, the stuff like that. We're not professional interviewers. <laughs> like we, we're, Let's work on that. Let's pe- get better. People will use this as evidence of why you and I will never host a presidential debate. <laughs> and I, and, I, and if, if we can't do that, honestly, what's, what's this all been for? Well, what I would do if I was hosting a debate is, I mean, once – you know, like if Trump had some great answer, I'd be like, oh, man, you own him. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, get all involved. You'd in just it. be like Twitter, only re- you'd be like real-life Twitter. <laughs> oh, burn! Like, you like, got burned, man. Hashtag pwned. <laughs> like, you know. Pwned. Hashtag what? <laughs> hashtag LOL. Hashtag, I don't even think you hashtag LOL anymore. No? I don't know if you ever uh, did. I, I never have. Okay, let's get back to uh, this Genesis draft. Where did we leave off? What, what, oh, we were arguing Wisconsin running back gate. Is where so let's move up, move away from that because people are sick of hearing about it and move to the uh, eighth round here, Dave, as we look at uh, 
picks that I like, obviously, okay, Marvin Jones, I already said that I liked him in the seventh. He goes in the eighth here to Invictus Mineo. I like that uh, selection there. Frank Gore, the mid-eighth. That is some seriously good value for Jason Tapley's Bada Bingers. Gore is the third running back uh, to the Bada Bingers. Gore, the uh, 806 pick. Yeah, that's cheap. Okay, so you like that pick as well. What do you make of the Stefan Diggs selection at uh, – that would be 805, and I'm just looking at this uh, certain receiver who may – oh, no, he has gone. Okay, so Laquan Treadwell goes at the 1004, digs at the 805. What do you make of the disparity there? You know, it's the lowest volume passing game in the NFL, so that, that becomes problematic. If uh, I, I don't know if Bridgewater is going to throw a few more passes this season. I'm not really sure. It seems like the offense will still run through Adrian Peterson. Uh, Diggs, you know, a little, fell off a little bit later in the season last year, so I'm a little concerned that uh, Treadwell is going to take a lot of the red zone targets. Uh, it's a little risky for me there. Did you see who the fifth quarterback off the board in this draft was? Uh, no, I did not. Three, four, five, who, uh, Bortles? Yeah. Bortles, what does he finish last year, like quarterback number six? It was super high, but Might again. Have been quarterback two or three. It, it was super high, but again, like, I, I just feel like that defense is just too good to let him air it out like he did last year. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and disagree with you just a tad. Uh, I was hoping it would be a lot so we could make a wager tonight. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, because, just because the Jaguars drafted, like, five rounds worth of defensive guys, I mean, it doesn't mean they're all going to be necessarily okay. good, nor have an instant impact necessarily. Okay, well, Don, Dante Fowler, was, what, wasn't he the second overall pick last year or second or third overall pick? He didn't play at all. He c- comes back this year. You have Jalen Ramsey, who's the second coming of Deion Sanders, coming out of Florida State, going to Olds. <laughs> um, and, I, I, like, okay, it's not I know, like I know my – he's highly touted. He is highly touted. Yes. Um, so you have those two guys. I, like two playmaking players. Rookie corners, though, generally are not that good. Well, we don't know if he's going to play corner. He could play safety, too. Oh, okay. Well, and then you get Miles Jack in the second round, a guy who was a top 10 pick, uh, and then he falls to the second round. But he had an injury. Well, he had the injury. He had, a, he had a knee injury that he yeah, says so, he's. So if he has microfracture surgery or something, who, we don't even know if he's going to play. But the, but the, but listen, but the, re, but the reason that Jack fell was not necessarily for this year. The reason he fell is because people don't know how long his career is going to be. Because if he does have microfracture in year three, well, are you really going to blow a first-round pick on a guy who's only been in team for three years, two years, whatever? I'm just saying. I don't think the concern for this year exists. I don't know necessarily that these that the defense is going to instantly be all that much better. I mean, it might be somewhat better, Man. but I mean, all the, that doesn't mean they're going to go from suck to great. We should make a Jaguars defense wager. I'm willing to do that. I don't. I don't know where I, they ranked last year. It had to be in the bottom ten. You know, bottom it had to be ten terrible. teams. Um, do you think they'll finish in the, in the top 15 teams in the NFL? Yeah. Right, well, say, do a whole, do you want to do it by FFPC fantasy points or how do you want to do this? Cause there's so many different ways that, you know, it's a very good point. We could just do it by overall, like, um, yeah. Overall what there's overall everything <laughs> for defense. Well, if you want to do it by like football outsiders, uh, what, how about they, their defensive, whatever rankings, you know what? They have a, football outsiders, overall defense rankings. Okay. So I think, <laughs> Do you want to make it easier for top 16, or is that just me trying to be a jerk and get you the – because that's top top half. Top 16, yeah, top half, sure. Okay, so I got – So 16th is is a push. Okay, how about that? 1 through 15. So, okay, fine. That's fine. So (laughs) – All right, I, fine. No, no, no. Win. 16 even win. Okay. We have a caller waiting. I know we got – That's fucked already. And it's a good guy, too. I got five on it. Uh, I I got five on the Jaguars finishing in the football outsiders, defensive rating, whatever – we can easily 
scheme our way out of this. It's, it's a DPAP or whatever crappy foreign right, missiles that they call it. Right, I got five. C- CPAP. I got five on Pap it. Pap smear. I don't know what it's called. I got five on it. I also have five on it. It's the Football Outsiders Pap smear ranking top 15. Thing. Rob, 16 is a push. Not that I'm going to need it. <laughs> the DPAP. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, I think I know who this is, but go ahead and introduce yourself, caller. Hey, this is Bob Bangers, Jason Tapley. Jason Tapley, I thought I died. we had a little feedback. Uh, yeah, there. mute the broadcast. Yeah, if you can, yeah, if you can mute the I broadcast. Am. As much as I love to hear my own voice and <laughs> love know, to right? hear Dave's. Uh, Jason, thanks for joining the show, man. How you guys doing? We're doing great. We're doing very good, and your team is also looking pretty strong. I feel like we've we've called out a few of your picks already that we liked. Um, you know, the Jordan Reed pick, the Matt Jones pick, Corey Coleman. Uh, let's uh, start it off with uh, with the top. And in the first four rounds, you get two tight ends, Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert. What was that? Was that uh, a strategy of yours to get two uh, elite tight ends early, or did the draft sort of just fall to you that way? I'm kind of in, in Dave's agreement that Jordan Reed, if he stays healthy, is going to be a beast. So why not? You know, there's no reason to think he's not going to be healthy. So. If he ends, you know, starts the year like he did last year, ended the year the way he did, he's going to be a great pick. Um, and, you know, when you're kind of on the fence, I feel like the tight end in this format is the way to go. So I saw Tyler there, and I was like, I should take him. I, You know, Dwayne Allen, I, you know, this draft is so early in the year. It's interesting always when I look back. Last year I think I got a, I ended up third. Um, and I went heavy with, uh, Carolina. I went heavy with Cam. I went heavy with, uh, Stewart. And this year I'm a little heavy with Washington, but, uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Washington necessarily a strategy. Yeah. I always want to get those many tight ends as I can. And you also had Dwayne Allen later uh, in the draft, but Washington, I, I, I talked about this in the first hour the defenses in that division are how you say not so good. And uh, I, exactly. I think Washington, you don't, you don't really need to be great uh, in order to put up numbers. And I think Jordan Reed is a great player. I think Matt Jones and Kirk cousins are more than capable. Yes. Yeah, so he's got three skinnies. Man. Yeah, and, he's got the hook up. Yeah, and, and I think those receivers uh, can do very well uh, for Kirk, for your Kirk cousins pick. And, and, and Doxon. and, and uh, cousins is your number one quarterback too, waiting until the 10th round to pick him up. Yeah, you know, you never. To me, I'm never looking for quarterback. I always, I always wait in this in this format, um, and I'm looking and, and you know, and I see Cousins there, and I'm just like, again, kind of that Jordan Reed, and it was fresh in my mind at the end of the year how dominant they were. Um, and I was like, Cousins is my guy. I don't see why they're going to fall off. You know, Jordan Reed. There's obviously the questions of health, um, but you know, you got to roll the dice. You know, like. You don't know Jordy's going to be healthy. You don't know Le'Veon Bell's going to be healthy. You know, Reed's had injury history, but he was fine last year. Yeah, I prefer guys that have had an injury history that have actually, you know, now he's been healthy for a season. It's like, all right, whatever, it's fine. Just get, let's get past it. Jason. Um, yeah, this, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask you uh, about um, the, uh, the, the Doug Baldwin pick in, in the sixth round. He was, I mean, he flat out crushed it uh, the second half of last season, especially down the stretch. 
he's not being drafted as crushing it, sort of like Devontae Freeman is not being drafted as crushing it uh, all season. He's being selected in the second round of drafts as, as opposed to the first round. Getting back to Doug Baldwin, though, well, I mean, where does he end up this year? Where does he finish? Because where you have to draft him, I think that he has the clear potential to really outperform that draft spot in the sixth round. Yeah, so it's funny. I play in, in my local league, I play in what we call an all-season league where we go through the playoffs. And I took Doug Baldwin high in my playoff draft last year, and he did kill it. it. You know, he was good in the playoffs, but he didn't kill it. He didn't have that great stretch that he had at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, if he had that great stretch, he would be like, what, a top three receiver? I don't expect that from him. Um, but he was still solid in the playoffs. And, you know, for me, I was torn because I'm a Jets fan and Decker was there. I believe Decker was there. And that was a challenge for me because Decker, you know, Decker's kind of boring, but he's safe. And I got to assume they're going to sign Fitzpatrick. So I was a little torn on the two that to me, they're kind of similar players, even though Baldwin has some big, massive games. But I think he's a safe pick. I don't think he's gonna, you know, I don't think he's gonna do what he did last year. So, you know, I'm thinking top twenty. So I, I, I thought that. I thought I thought the Frank Gore pick was a great value pick. And by the way, I think I traded uh, and picked up Frank Gore off of you in one of our dynasty leagues, if I recall correctly. These are private league people. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, yep, and I and that and that I didn't help me in the playoffs, but at least I still have him, and I you know so thank you. I you know I think it was a second round pick, and hopefully it works out for you as well. Um, but I thought Gore was a great value here. They didn't draft him. They didn't draft any running back, so you got to love that. At least you got a year out of or two out of him still. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, I'm I'm as Bucky would say, I'm comfy with that. Yeah, yeah, you are comfy with that, Jason. We're coming up on your pick here in the 13th round. What what are you looking at? Ah. Uh, Probably looking at thinking I'm looking keep, at we, we got three straight defense three straight defenses here. You could keep that run going if you wanted. Yeah, no, I think I'm gonna buck the trend. <laughs> so you're thinking a receiver here, huh? Yeah, it's uh, this draft is so tough though because it's again so early. I. I don't want to. I don't want to keep going the rookie route, but I keep looking at them and they're attractive. It's. I mean, it. it it's. We always like to say, and I think this is something that Baker Boy brought up, uh, Dave, uh, to us originally. That, but like after round ten, just whoever. There's no like reaches at, at this point anymore. Just grab whoever you want, and uh, um, you know, it, it, nobody can really fault you. Uh, for it. Uh, and this is the time a lot of darts are being thrown. Jason Tapley uh, about to be throwing a dart at this point. Yeah, right I'm here. throwing a dart. <laughs> I'm throwing a dart. <laughs> Just because I don't, you know, I don't know what Le'Veon's going to do, what he's going to look like. There you go. So D-Will. So I'm D-Angelo taking Williams. a little D'Angelo action. action. It makes a lot of sense, Jason, too, because, I mean, these are the type of selections here, these these running back darts that end up paying off you know, usually a week or two, but sometimes those weeks, like with D'Angelo uh, or David Johnson is, a, is another good example, um, in the championship round where you can, we can really, really make some hay. So Will, Williams is an interesting pick there. I like it. Uh, uh, certainly the, the guy before you uh, twisted, that was, uh, of course, um, uh, Jason uh, Apostol- Apostolos. 
he had the opportunity to take D'Angelo Williams with Le'Veon Bell. He didn't take him, and uh, you get him here. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm going to let you get back to the draft. Uh, very insightful stuff. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck the rest of the way in this league and all your leagues this year. Except for the Thanks, one we're in together. I'll talk to you, buddy. <laughs> you bet, Jason. Jason. Thank you very much. Jason right. Tapley of the uh, Bada Bingers joining the show tonight. Always good to hear from him. I believe. Yeah, he's great. Could be wrong. I think he was uh, co-hosted the show with me when you were gone one week. Awesome. I only entrust that. that uh, I could be wrong. That value to. Uh, well, because we, it was a couple years We've been doing ago. this for so many years, yeah, Balky. It's, it's just that they all run together. Yeah, Jason's fantastic. I think he's a really great player, actually, as he's well. A, he's a definitely a good guy. A good guy uh, who likes cool stuff. Okay, so <laughs> we're... I'm not, I, I'm not used to these two-hour shows I, I, yet. I smirked. Okay, we were talking about the eighth round. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about there is Amir Abdullah, uh, a guy that um, we really haven't talked... Well, we haven't talked about at all since the draft, since this was our first show post-draft. Detroit... Um, did not address the running back situation uh, in the draft. They have Abdullah. They signed Stevon Ridley in the offseason. They still have Zach Zenner. And I think Joyke Bell is, is still a free agent, so he's out of there. And then Theo Riddick is the, is the pass catcher. I, think, I thought they picked someone up. Um, a UDFA? An, an UDFA? Or yeah. did they get somebody late? Let me just, let me just check it out quick. What? Okay, but um, Amir Abdullah is another guy. Uh, post-hype sleeper, a guy that everybody was all about last year, last year's ascendant, and now here we are in the uh, ninth round of, or excuse me, the eighth round of redrafts, late eighth round, and Amir Dool is on the board, and Don Terminello takes him there as his second running back. I'm, I, again, I like Terminello's team. I think that this is a, a good way to get it, uh, to build it, getting Deion Lewis in the sixth. Certainly you can't count on that in most drafts, but he got it here, so I, I really like uh, the Abdullah pick as the RB2. I do too. I actually, I think Abdul is a great pick because he's, he's like, there's your post type sleeper in in this situation. The offense is actually solid. Abdul is a very athletic player. He's, he's talented in that way. And he said like, he, when you, when you actually read comments from Abdul and the coaching staff, he just said, you know, he got a little bit overwhelmed his rookie season. I mean, it happens. I mean, you go to the NFL. I mean, this is the national football league. Yeah. So not everyone's going to go in and just be an instant stud. So right. I, I think not everybody can be Kobe Fleener. Exactly. <laughs> Waiting for the fifth-year breakout. Or, or Eddie Lacy. Yeah, whatever. Um, the first year in my heart. So, I mean, you're, getting, you're getting a big discount on Abdullah in the eighth round. I mean, if, if nothing else, he's probably going to return eighth-round value, even if he's reasonably half-sucky. Dave, if you look at the tenth round, there's some interesting running backs to talk about here. Derrick Henry is the um, last one. Oh, sorry. Let's start at the other end. Tevin Coleman, Arian Foster, Kenneth Dixon are the first three picks of the tenth round. Coleman, I'm starting to like uh, this year a little bit because uh, it seems like the coaching staff really wants to be have that situation more of a split yep. than uh, than it was uh, dominated by Freeman last year. Arian Foster to uh, NorCal Nation at the uh, 10:02. We already talked about him with uh, Bip Lab taking him in Revelations. Kenneth Dixon, I wasn't really like. In fact, I think we had a. I, I thought I was talking to you about Dixon. I said there's so many running backs in Baltimore. Um, you know, Forsett and Allen and Richardson and Talaferro, and then Dixon comes in. But Dixon, he he might just be the man there this year, and you're paying nothing to get him. I mean, I I personally find that hard to believe that he will be the man this season. Uh, he was a pro ready back. Uh, they like him. They they said that he's you know complete running back. 
I just again. Why don't you see it this season then? If he's pro ready, why 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 is what's the block? What what's stopping him from being the man? I mean, he, he was drafted on day three. He's a you know he's a fourth round pick. I mean, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what pick. Uh, see where did he? Where was he? I uh, think early to mid fourth, somewhere around there. Wasn't he? Yeah, fourth round pick. And you know, a lot of the pundits, uh, you know, especially uh, you know, I know Matt Waldman likes him a lot. Uh-huh. And Josh Norris from Roto World likes him. And I do too. I mean, I think he's, he has a lot of potential. I just think, again, there it's not, it's cheap, so it's fine. But there's so many running backs, and you still have four set there. Um, I, you know, he's one of those guys that actually, I, I don't want to discount him too much. He could emerge like week seven, week eight, week nine, when four set in, invariably gets hurt or something happens, and all of a sudden Dixon's the late, the late guy in the season that turns out to be great. I uh, like a great host and producer, uh, as Rob is. Hmm. I have lost track of time. By the way, okay, let me interrupt my own self. I can't Technically, believe... you interrupted me. So, so Forsett went to, to the same team? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of thick. Okay, yeah. so I mean, I think the overall, I mean, that's fantastic. I just, I, I thought Forsett was going a lot earlier than that. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of people down on Forsett well, this year. No, that's fine. I mean, so he locked, I mean, effectively, he's pretty much locking up the Ravens running. So unless, unless, like, uh, Buck Allen. Like, yeah, Buck Allen or Kelly Farrell or. Or Javorius Allen. I mean, think of all these Allens they got in the backfield. <laughs> Bob Allen. I didn't realize how late we were on time. Rather than assess each one of these Genesis teams, we're not going to be able to. Let's go through each team, starting at 12, and talk about a few of our favorite picks. All right. Just, like, what, just pick out one guy for each team, okay? Go ahead. Uh, so, okay, so Team 12, which is Lenny Papano's DraftSharks.com team. CJ, CJ Procise, like that pick at the 11-12. Be the last pick of the 11th round. Procise there, who essentially, I mean – it's not out of the realm of possibility he becomes the starter there overalls at some point this season and early this season. Absolutely possible. I like that pick as well. I also like Carson Palmer at the end of the ninth round. I think that's fantastic. I think you get a drop off after him. I'm going to excuse myself from picking out my favorite player, my favorite selection from NorCal Nation. <laughs> he went at the 5'11". His name's Kobe Fleener. Uh, it's really difficult for me to pick out a different one besides that. Uh, I think it's interesting that Blake Bortles... <laughs> He takes Blake Bortles. This is uh, NorCal Nation's team, by the way, Kevin Bassaker. He takes Blake Bortles at the 811. And who does he get at the 902? Tom Brady. Blake <laughs> Bortles going ahead of Tom Brady to the same team. I love it. Brady's the backup. He is suspended, I guess. So, uh, so my, I like Fleener. Yours? I like Ryan Matthews at the 602. I think that's a nice selection. Um, looking at straight Squampton 2. Uh, we already talked about the Dixon and Forsett. Uh, picks there. Oh, he took Jared Cook in the 13th. That has some potential. Um, but I'm going to go with Devontae Parker, a good breakout uh, candidate uh, this year in uh, the Adam Gase Miami Dolphins offense. He gets him with the 603. I think that's good value. It's his number three receiver. So that's my pick for straight Squamptons. I like Austin Spurrier and Jenkins at the 803. I know I'm a big ASJ fan and I always have been. And uh, But I think this is his true breakout season. This is it. That w- I'm sorry, that was who? Austin Spurrier and Jenkins. Yeah, ASJ. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, what about, uh, as we look to Bick Mitchum's team, what about, uh, um, Jordan Cameron in the 11th round? Mm-hmm. I mean, Adam Gase has been pretty good, not to keep coming to Adam Gase, Adam Gase, Adam Gase, but he's been really friendly to tight ends in his offense. And Cameron was a guy that they're paying like the better part of 8 million yeah. and could have easily cut him. And they did nothing. And they, they didn't, they kept him. Yeah, kept him. So I, th- I think that's, that's interesting, especially for a format like this. Once again, and you look at the, I mean, God, hold on, hold on. Go God knows if you take Jimmy Graham as your starter, you're going to need a backup. <laughs> and he gets Jordan Cameron, so I like that. It's very true. Again, looking at what the teams are doing with the players, if they're paying him that money, 
there's a reason they're paying them that much. There are going to be a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, good God, all the receivers that they took, they took Carew as well. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, one player, actually, that we haven't talked about uh, Ryan Tannehill a lot, but look at Tannehill. Look at all the weapons he has as far as receivers at this point. I mean, if Leontay Carew is as good as they say he's going to be. Right. Um, I mean, it could be crazy. Devontae Parker actually coming into his second season. You have Landry with all those targets. And Cameron, if he's healthy this season, I mean, that's a lot. Uh, favorite pick on Wayne Ferguson's team, I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry. The 308 selection is number one receiver. He's going to catch, threaten 100, pass, or 100 receptions this year, so I like Landry there. Um, man, I'm trying to think of which pick I like the best. Oh, well, you, like, but do you, still, you like Fitz in the fifth. Did you like Fitz in the fourth in this draft? No, yeah, it's fine. I, I think Fitz might be the pick, actually. Not quite as much as the one who was in the fifth round, but I think I'll go with that. That's fine. You know what? For Bada Bingers, screw it. I'm saying D'Angelo Williams. I like that pick in the 13th round. Given what we know about Le'Veon Bell right now, that could, that could be gold. Gold, <laughs> Dave, gold. All right, so I got to look at – let's see who I, I like. I have to go back to Frank Gore. I think Gore is a great pick. Yeah, you've had, you have uh, mentioned uh, Gore quite a bit, so I, I, I get you there. Um, okay, so Twisted is up next. This is the team drafting out of the sixth spot, owned by Jason Apostolos. And I am going to – oh, come on. You know who I'm going to pick here. Eddie Lacy, mid-third. Come on. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I really like Lacy there. And he gets Matt Forte in the fourth. That's good, too. I think Emmanuel Sanders, you're one of your guys. I think I like him in the fifth round. I think that's nice. Um, moving on to Invictus Maneo, owned by Chris Hines. I like Jay Ajayi in the sixth. Liked him in the sixth in in, uh, in the Genesis or in the Revelations draft. I think that's that's a guy that I would be targeting in drafts right now in the sixth round, given the lack of competition that he has in Miami right now. I know there's Kenyon Drake, but you know I like Ajayi. Well, speaking of Kenyon Drake, actually that's another pick. That's one of the ones I kind of like backing up Ajayi. I mean, I think it's it's a tad early, but at least you do lock down that Miami running game by taking Drake there. And Drake's a speedster. I know he's not. He's supposedly more of a pass-catching back, and he's really not prepared to you know, be running between the tackles in the NFL, but you never know. I mean, he's 210 pounds. He gains 10 pounds, and they actually coach him up. He might be good enough to take that job. And if he does, uh, you know, they're saying it's an open training camp. It's great that he backed him up there in the 12th. William Spada, Chicago, Chicago Cardinals team uh, drafting from the four spot. I'm gonna, I, I like this. Uh, you know, he gets Julio Marshall, Cam DeMarco. And then he gets Carlos Hyde. In the, in the fifth round, the lead back in a Chip Kelly offense who's dropped 10 pounds so he can be on the field more. I like uh, Hyde's prospects this year, and to get the, a guy of, of that uh, talent and opportunity at the 504, uh, give me some Hyde. I, I like that pick there. You know what's funny is I'm actually might like Steve Smith in the 10th. You just said you didn't like Icon this I, year. I like it's him just the, so late. In the 10th round, I might like him, actually. That's, pretty, that's, a cheap, that's cheap, man. That's like a couple rounds later than the other, other draft. Um, okay, so moving on to uh, Don Terminello, who has four tight ends on his team, including Hunter Henry, the rookie in the 14th. This is, comes one round after he selects Josh Gordon. His name was Henry Hunter on Fantasy Pros today. And oh, really? Him. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like he doesn't even know his damn name. Um, okay, so for, um, for Beantown, I will say... you got to go with Deion Lewis. Yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to pick out somebody because I feel like I've, I've just... Talked about Deion Lewis to death, but I'm not going to go. I'm not going to bend over backwards. Deion Lewis, slam dunk pick in the sixth round. I like Sammy Watkins in the third, actually. I, I think, you know, Watkins could be a top 10 
wide receiver and get him in the third round is nice. Nelson Sousa takes Keith Marshall, by the way, at the 1502. Just looking at that right now. <laughs> there you go. And so that, there you go. The, the speed merchant yeah. going to the donut merchant <laughs> at the, at 1502. That's very funny. Thank you. Duke Johnson is my selection for Nelson Sousa in the sixth round. Um, I'll take Langford just to get us out of the time here. Um, the lunatic. Yeah, the one. lunatic is uh, James Addison. Greg, you know, Greg Olson, I'd be happy with him in the second. He gets him at the 301. It's one pick. Who cares? It's at the end of the show. We're all tired. Everybody's sick of listening to us. Greg Olson's <laughs> my pick. I like Brock Osweiler just because I talked about him earlier. Yeah, but you did. But you didn't just talk about him. You I, talked about how you liked him. I do like him. Also, I, I really like the Antonio Brown pick at the one hundred and one. What a beauty! Excellent value. Yeah. Just, just he knocked that one out of the park. He really did. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for uh, this week's show. Uh, I want to uh, thank Biplob Mandel, Nelson Sousa, Mike Static, Jason Tapley, and all the GNR drafters. Not Guns N' Roses, Genesis and Revelations. I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank Rob. I want to thank Bryce our audio engineer, and of course you, all the listeners tuning in for two straight hours of us tonight. Thanks for putting up with that. We'll be back next Thursday. Won't be a Friday show next week. It'll be Thursday, and we're going to have 1250 DE number two champ from last year, 750 Dino champ number 13, and Revelations player drafting out of the one spot, taking Antonio Brown, Ryan Holsgen, going to be on the show next week. Play the FFPC satellite DEs today. Register for Dynasty, the main event, and the Football Guys Players Championship. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. For those of you following along on youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball, this will conclude your viewing pleasure of the draft board as we have to shut down the machine. I apologize. It's just the way we roll. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.